Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a scream and shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. Ask me how I'm doing. Well, the tissues you've been rubbing underneath your nose for the last couple minutes tell me something. How are you doing? I'm sick. Yeah. I weighed myself this morning for the first time since I broke my foot. I'm fat. <laughs> I almost got got us canceled over the weekend. <laughs> we'll get into that. Sure. I saw a mediocre at best basketball team play. That's generous. Yeah, and I said at best. Yeah, I said at best. So overall, I'm not doing well. <laughs> you know, I was thinking last night about us doing this today, and I found myself getting angry. <laughs> well, you know. the good news for you and the good news, hopefully, for whoever is left is that I've got some funny stories to share. That's that's all we can do at this point is laugh. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, along with Hoosier Nation, Hysterics Nation, did get to follow along somewhat, but I look forward to getting some more details here. Um, but we should probably start off with the fact that we are powered by... That sounded sick. <laughs> it 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 feels sick, it hurts, but Nothing makes you feel better than knowing you can get a good price on a car. <laughs> <laughs> Look, one of the people that was in Kansas this weekend was Evan Martin from Community Cars. 
and got to hang out with him a little bit on Friday night before the game. Uh, saw him in passing at the game. I mean, like from a from a distance. And then he got the hell out of Dodge the second the game was over. Uh, sure, as many wanted to, uh, and some some got out before the game was over. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, uh, I don't know if it counts from afar, but I was I was quasi one of those people. Yeah, yeah, I I get it. I mean, I do get it. We'll get into all of that. But the truth is. Community car, uh, community cars, the communitycars.com is your one-stop shop for getting a car. Whether you want to lease, whether you want to buy, whether you want to sell your old car, whether you want to buy a new car, used car, you want to do it on the internet, you want to do it on the phone, you want to do it in person, you want to do it from California, New York, Georgia, Florida, Bloomington, anywhere, still waiting on the answer for international sales, still waiting. Don't I'm pretty, have. I'm pretty sure it's a yes. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, according to you, it's a yes and 50% off. <laughs> Based on all the research I've done, which is extensive. But look, Evan was also in Vegas. Uh, it, it, if you like us, and you are, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to us. There's no way you would listen to us unless you weren't insanely crazy about oh. IU basketball. When you said, if you like us, I thought you meant like, if you like us. No, and I would no. say many of the people listening do not like us. No, it's like a hate listen until we get to talk <laughs> to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Uh, th this is as IU family as you can get with Evan. So give him your business. Give him your business. Give him your business. You'll thank us for it. Now, you probably thank him, but I agree. Uh, before we get to the happenings of this week, we do have some loose ends from last weekend that we need to tie up and that of course was the arizona game in las vegas which what a shock also didn't go as anybody wanted it to on the indiana side but one of the things we talked about last week was you getting physically accosted while trying to take a video yes. of trace jackson davis in line through the tunnel and the way you described it was horrifying I mean, the way you described it was that some giant security guard. Whoa, whoa. your word, not mine. I said security some security guard. guard just manhandled you. True. Yes. Well, guess what, Ward? I, I, I have a feeling we have some alternative, alternate footage. We do. We, we did our own investigation. We 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 put it out into the world and said if anybody's got corroborating evidence, because if this attack went down the way that Ward described it, then charges need to be filed. Yeah. And so for sure. against the MGM Grand, they got some cash. <laughs> I'm looking to get in on that. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be called the MGM Ward by the end of this. <laughs> and luckily for us, a loyal listener to the podcast who was also there was shooting the Zapruder film from the other angle, from you coming towards them. He was. I he, told you <laughs> I have this footage, but this, I did not send it to you. Right, because we wanted to debut my reaction here in live to tape, uh, live straight to from tape. the straight from the grassy knoll to my eyeballs. Yes. Now, I think what I can do is actually hold on. Share screen. Yes. And look, for all of you listening, this is just another reason to sign up for the premium membership at pigs.com because I would guess this audio isn't going to be too too descriptive, 
but if if you are a Peegs Premium member, you would be able to see all this. I'm going to put it up here. You're going to watch this for the first time. Anybody who, like you said, is a Peaks Premium member can see it as well. Here we go. Optimize for video, share sound. Can you see this? I can see that. Yes, yes. Is this all you're seeing is the video? Correct. Here we go. Here he comes. Here's Ward. And. <laughs> he spun so, me around like a top. Let's go back. Let's go back and see the moment of physical. <laughs> Look, he dug in under my armpits. You could see that wasn't. Look, look how happy you are. <laughs> like a dork. Look how happy you are right here. You are so happy. But lurking behind you is this menace. With this floppy hair. Look at Trace. Locked in. Very oh, locked in. Here we go. At least for the next 20 minutes. Oh, it's not playing now. Okay, well, I got that big-ass grin on my face. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, here comes oh, the moment. Oh, and you see. He, oh, he, oh. <laughs> He is in your armpit. He All the way up in there. And I'm looking over my right shoulder. I don't even know where it's coming from. This you guy's on my left. Now, it it certainly doesn't look like it took him a lot to move you. Well, no, when you don't expect to force to be working on your body. And look, look, this person has their hands up to catch me. They can see the inertia, which, you know, was moving. And I need help. It's like a mosh pits just formed right in front of them. Now, now here is, let's look at the aftermath. You're mad. Sure. He comes back. Do you remember what was said in these moments? I said, I helped organize this. Yeah, good, good. And he said? It doesn't matter, sir. Right. Okay. So it doesn't matter, sir. Okay, so it's over. Now, here is my favorite part. <laughs> you are dejected. Yep. You're looking around. But it takes only a couple seconds. <laughs> You look, and then the hell with it. I'm yeah, back in. Cause look, there's a whole line of assholes behind Trace. Look like, why did this. he pick me? Those look at this. He goes one one thousand, two one thousand, three one. <laughs> <laughs> and look at your face. Look at the face. You are you are very upset here. You are very upset, as Another. you should be. As you should be. Thank you. Thank very you. upset. Then you look around, you're like, wait a minute. And then you smile again. <laughs> look how happy you are right there. <laughs> Can't keep a good Hoosier down, baby. I'm back on it. And he's <laughs> out. <laughs> I love it so much, man. I love it. I love it so much. Never daunted. Never daunted. Never daunted shall not falter. Um, amazing stuff. Thank you to this gentleman for sending us that video. Yeah. Um, so let's do a quick recap of other things, not IU basketball related. I, IU men's basketball. Did you see the score of the IU women's basketball game yesterday? 
Uh, I believe it was 184 to negative 27. Yeah, basically. It was 87 to 24. They allowed 12 points in each half. <laughs> Which was what shocked me was it was the only only the third biggest win in IU women's yeah. history. I mean, this team has a lot of depth. I'm not I don't want to say a lot of depth. It has a lot of talent. It's got a lot of people that can score the basketball, and they're doing all of this without Grace Berger, who the big news was off crutches. They had 10 days off. They, she's off crutches. She was walking around gingerly. But in the press conference after the game, Terry Morin was point blank asked, what is the timeline? And she's like, we hope we're going to get her back sooner rather than later. Her rehab is going well. She's doing stationary shooting now, not moving around a lot. But clearly the diagnosis is good for Grace. And the Big Ten's about to start. So, look, they may stumble a little bit. The Big Ten is tough in women's basketball, really sure. tough. Yeah, But this team has outside shooting, inside game, passes the ball well, plays good defense. I mean, it's got everything for a real run. You just want Grace to come back because this group deserves a chance to show what they can do. Well, and you talk about depth, and maybe that's been talked about too much, especially regarding the men's team this year. But in a game like that, which was pretty much out of – reach within the first 22 to one run by the lady hoosiers is you did get to see some of the youngsters even the graduate student you you got you got to see uh more folks get in there and get a little bit of run and even get like their own career bests and stuff so i think it's all right you really especially grace comes back you need seven eight solid pieces to be a real Final Four team. I think they they readily have that. But when you've built a machine and you're going to keep it built, just retool it a bit from season to season, even this far into this year for Coach Morin to be able to get some real run for some of the newer, younger players, you're just keeping that going. Um, in a way, you'll see it against, look, it was, it was not a great team. Sure. But it's a real game with real lights and real fans. And I just like to see that they have a lot of people waiting for their shot. You know, Terry said something in the press conference that I thought was really um, self-aware. And she talked about how it's important for them to play pretty basketball. And, 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 and this is, again, like, this is, you could make the argument that pretty basketball equals winning basketball because what she means by that is they share the ball, mm -hmm. you know, and they pass up a good shot to get a great shot. Her words. I don't want to claim that I came up with that great phrase, but but that's what this team does. They are constantly looking for the best shot, not a good shot, the best shot. And they move the ball and they play fast. They play up and down. They don't and they space. They space. Absolutely. But she talked about how, you know, you need to do that, that it's important for them to do that because the fans want that. And that, mm -hmm. that there's like a part of Terry that I think is just really um, cognizant of expanding the reach of the women's basketball game. Mm -hmm. And she said, because we don't play above the rim, pretty basketball is what we need to do. And I just thought it was such a uh, smart, uh, aware 
comment from her that, of course, they're trying to win basketball games. You know, of course, that's the most important thing. But while doing it, they're playing it in a style that attracts fans. And and you and I have talked about this. They are just an absolute joy to watch play. They play fun, pretty basketball. And and they do. They pass up good shots to get great shots. The passing in, in on the inside uh, to McKenzie, her footwork is amazing. They play real fast. Terry's talked about they've got like an eight second rule on the shot clock. And I think Grace right. and McKenzie told us about that. Oh, too. yeah. You get the every eight seconds that goes by on the shot clock, your your chances of getting a good shot diminish. So that first eight seconds, you're going to get the best statistical look possible. The next eight seconds, it goes down a bit. And the last eight seconds, it it's probably not going to be great. Exactly. And and obviously you can I mean, the easiest the easiest reason to explain that is the first eight seconds, the defense isn't set. Right. You know, and the more that the time goes off, the more they get set um, and the more that you've run through your action. And then, holy shit, what are you going to do? So I just love watching them play. I was watching it on the plane um, yesterday and it was uh, it was awesome to see. Really awesome to see. So that's. Uh, all the Indiana basketball we have to talk about today. Well, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> wait, you know what? You know what's always fun? Let's talk about Colts football. Oh, wait, never mind. Thanks for tuning in. What well, a I, shitty weekend. <laughs> I want to get to that too, because it coincides with Indiana basketball. And I want to get to that because you were you were on the top of our minds while that game was going on. And I will explain a really good story around that whole thing when we get okay. there. But let's talk about the weekend in Kansas. Unfortunately, Ward was not able to join on this oh, one. Oh, no, no. Very fortunately. fortunately. Look, I was even leaving the Arizona game in Vegas. It was such a lovely experience to be amongst the fellow Hoosiers, despite the disappointment in Vegas. And knowing it was going to be you and our great buddies, the goons and other Hoosier buddies from Bloomington and elsewhere who were going to be there. I was, I was so sad and, and um, yearning to be with FOMO. you all. FOMO. <clears throat> FOMO. Right up until the game started. Uh-huh. And, and then we uh, all collectively were like, Ward was right. Ward nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the trip, though, because there's great stories. So I fly into Kansas. Uh, Kansas City on Friday morning. I um, good contingent of IU fans from LA to Kansas City that morning. Couple guys, uh, uh, our friend Howie Shack, who we've gotten to know a little bit over the last couple of years on on texting and Twitter, but we met him in Vegas in person. Great and hung name. out with him, and great he was name. on the same plane. His name is Howie Shack. It's just yeah. a great name. It is a great name. Uh, hope he doesn't mind us using both his first and last name on this podcast. But great guy, <laughs> huge Hoosier fan. He was on the plane. Uh, uh, several other people that we're friends with were on the plane and a couple of new guys, including uh, a gentleman who walked by me, probably in his 50s, looks at me and he goes, you you guys are those guys on Twitter, right? Uh, the Hoosier hysterics. I'm like, yeah, that's that's us. He goes, I love you guys. I, you gotta, I'll DM you. I'll DM you. I follow you. I'm like, okay, okay. So he DMs me immediately on the plane. Sure. I get off the plane in Kansas City. I go to the rental car shuttle. Here he comes with this other guy, same age, and they proceed to tell me that they each have a kid who's at Indiana University. They both live in Los Angeles, like in Pasadena, and the kids listen and follow Hoosier hysterics. 
and the parents do, the dads do, and has become their way of getting into Indiana basketball. And this is like, they're telling me that this is a thing that they share with their kids and they're coming in to meet their kids who are flying in from Indiana to be there. And it just, it was again, an extension of what we experienced in Vegas about how meaningful this thing is, Indiana basketball. It connects fathers and sons, connects them to us. It was just such a cool thing. And of course, everybody's like, where's Ward? And I said, well, he knows that we're going to get our asses kicked, so he's staying home. <laughs> so uh, met, uh, had a little time to kill, went to Kansas City, went to a great cigar store and lounge, smoked a cigar while I waited for the goons to arrive. They arrived, picked them up, and of course, we're in Kansas City. Got to get, get the barbecue. Got to get the barbecue. So there was a lot of controversy on which barbecue place to go to in Kansas City. I've heard from different people, different places. We ended up going to Jack Stack's Barbecue, which was a little hot. It was not a dive. It's a really nice restaurant. Unbelievable. I yeah. mean, I ate so much food. Shocking, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, you? <laughs> I ate so much barbecue. And like in the middle of just throwing it back, this guy comes up and just grabs my shoulder. I'm like, oh no, it's is this it, is it. The security guard from the MGM. <laughs> He's back. He's back. This is it. I just always have this feeling of when I'm around Indiana games that one of our haters is just going to come kill me. Yeah, it's snapping time. Oh, let me back up because on the plane, I should talk about us almost getting canceled. Oh, right. Yes, I uh, of course uh, heard from you. Uh, that we might be getting canceled. And of course, I th there were so many different ways we could be getting canceled. Uh, tell the listeners who weren't following along on Twitter what happened there. I got on the plane and I was on Southwest Airlines and I was on an aisle seat. I got on early, so I got an aisle. But there was a middle seat in between me and this other person. And a really big dude came and sit next to me. And he is crammed into that seat. The seats are tiny. I'm a big guy, and he, he we're just touching. I mean, there's just so much touching. I mean, they so, call it South Worst for a reason. Yes, although Spirit Airlines is. I don't know if you have flown Spirit, but you might as well be cargo. I mean, <laughs> it would be better to be cargo on a Delta flight than to be a passenger on Spirit Airlines. But I sent out a tweet that said something like, I love Indiana so much, I'm willing to fly three hours next to this guy, this this giant man crammed into his seat, touching me from shoulder to cankle. He's touching me so much, I think I should buy him flowers. That's it. <laughs> I thought it was a little joke. Handful of people on Twitter go nuts and that I'm fat shaming. Let me say something. I'm fat, okay? I am. I weighed myself this morning, Ward. I weigh 228.5 pounds. I am like 50 pounds heavier than I need to be. What, what's your all-time max? I'm there. I mean, right at 230, right at okay. 230. Okay. So I am at my max. I wasn't fat shaming. I don't even really understand what fat shaming is. Here's what I know. When I get really overweight, I don't want to be really overweight. I want to lose a little weight and feel better. <laughs> I, but I was making a joke. Right, right. Well, are we I, that soft as a people? I'm yes. Short answer, yes. I'm guessing it is the word cankle that set it off. The cankle word? I, I mean, in okay. terms of it all feeling pretty innocuous to me, even reading it and being like, wait, oh, this is this was the statement? I was prepared for something a little more 
uh, a divisive. Yeah, I've said I was plenty like, of things worse than that. Yeah, but the, I was like, cankle. I guess maybe people with cankles really feel that's a derogatory way to describe a, a plump ankle. Whatever. Guys, lighten up. I mean, just lighten up. I'm not I wasn't giving his name and address and telling people to go pick at his house because he's a large guy. I wasn't saying he shouldn't fly on airplanes. I wasn't saying that you should have to pass a weight test to be in society. I was just making a little joke about how much I love Indiana. That's it. Screw you. If you have a problem with it, let's move on. Okay. guy grabs me at the barbecue place. I turn around and there is a hulking dude behind me. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Muscular. Yeah. Look up. Smiling, Daryl Thompson, Ray oh, Thompson's dad. Excellent. I'm like, of the coincidence of having to be at, in Kansas City at this time, of all the restaurants, one of our good friends, uh, you know, Daryl and his wife, we love them both. We love the whole family. I got to meet Daryl. Uh, Daryl's other son, Ray's older brother, was there. They were enjoying the barbecue. They got to meet the goons. The goons loved it. It was awesome. It was really great. Can I can I take a pause here and just and I know you and the goons, the goons from New York City and your love of the Godfather trilogy. Yes. Or let's say at least the first two films. No, I'm into the whole trilogy. That's well, nobody's perfect. The stake, uh, Kansas City. Like I just envision the, the the mafioso atmosphere surrounding you guys that that you could be mobbed up by the time you leave this meal. We we had conversations about the Kansas City mob. <laughs> we had a lot of conversations about the mob in general. So let's just say conversations are happening. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so again, have- I'll I'll fill my role as the uh, the. Uh, um, Protestant or Catholic, I guess, consigliere. Yeah, consigliere. I mean, I'm a Jew. I can't really be in it. I'm like the numbers guy. I'm Myers Lansky. I'm Meyer Lansky and Bugsy Siegel. Well, I mean, you guys could have formed Murder Inc. there, and and That's and Dado would have had to be your made guy, really connecting Fair. everything. Fair enough. So we then get on the road to head to. By the way, at that barbecue place, I had lamb ribs. Barbecued Ooh. lamb ribs. Oh, I've never had lamb ribs before. Nor have I. They were unbelievable. They were like candy. I mean, mm. they were like candy. Incredible. Um, also find out that a really funny story about the goons. Now, I'm going to share some stories that the goons are probably going to be upset about, but I'm going to try not to use individual names for the goons. Okay. But their wives don't listen to this. Oh, no. No chance in hell. So they are all extremely close friends. And they hang out a lot, but I think they are cognizant of how much they hang out so that like their wives don't think they're just leaving their wives to be with each other. Okay. And there was something that happened recently where they went into the city to watch like a World Cup game when like one of them didn't have anything to do in the city. So one of their wives said, like what are you doing like who are you going to see and he one of the goons made up a person (laughs) so they just made up that there was this person ian who they haven't seen since college here's the best part okay so that worked later when that wife asked how it went 
that same person said, ah, Ian didn't show up. <laughs> Why would you make up a human and then have him not show up? I mean, look, there's less uh, deniability there. Like in terms of you, you, the more details you offer, the more you can trip yourself up. So if you're I like, I was going to meet this person, they didn't show. End of story. Okay. I think it's hilarious to create a human that is also uh, a flake. I just think that that's great. <laughs> so we head on the road to Lawrence. The, the The trip to Lawrence from Kansas City is not dissimilar from Indianapolis to Bloomington. Flatter, much flatter. Sure. And here's the part that pisses me off the most. You get just outside of Lawrence and there's a toll booth. You have to pay to get into Lawrence, Kansas. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, what? I've never, I, like, toll roads I'm used to in, like, New York and Florida and California in some places. But in Lawrence, Kansas, they are there's a, a walled garden around Lawrence, Kansas. How much was it? $400. No, no. <laughs> I think it was $2.50. But... That pissed me off. I also had trouble negotiating the machine to get in. Long story short, we get into Lawrence, and our first impressions of Lawrence was, it's Kirkwood. Yeah, I mean it's Kirkwood. It's <laughs> it looked similar. It, it the really nice job lighting up trees on the sidewalks. As we walked Kirkwood and got our first impressions, or or their, I'm sorry, not Kirkwood, their Kirkwood called Mass Street, Massachusetts Street. There. They're a little higher class. It's a little cleaner. It's not as grimy. It's there's more no, upscale. There's no people's park there? There is not. There's not nearly the homelessness problem there. There is some, but not nearly what it is in Bloomington. But it lacked a griminess that we like to have in Bloomington. You know what I mean? Well, I don't. I associate a little griminess with Kirkwood specifically. Nothing really else about Bloomington, but I yes. and look because you guys you guys told me this later in the evening. These impressions of it it being kind of nicer, cleaner, but uh, and then I was starting to get like you know a little aggravated with that assessment, but then. You guys were very clear to say, but it's not as cool. Oh, no, no. And we didn't like that it was cleaner. It was too antiseptic. Got it. It was too sterile. Got it. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, But it's really nice. I, I like, look, I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate <laughs> right. everything. But objectively. But it's nice. Um, one funny story. Hoosiers everywhere. I mean, Ward, it felt like Vegas. Mm. Hoosiers everywhere. Students had finished up on like Saturday or on Thursday. Hoosiers everywhere. It was awesome. We go to this one bar to check it out called Free State, which we were told was you got to go. You got to go to go. It sucked. It just okay. totally sucked. It felt like where parents go. Like it just not cool. I I realized after a beat that you said parents, but it really sounded like you said parrots. Parrots could go too. Polly want to Polly want to Jayhawk. Um, I mean, a Jayhawk isn't too far from a parrot. No, they're both dumb birds. Dumb, idiot birds with giant beaks. Um, a guy walks out, inebriated, clearly a Hoosier fan. And he comes up to me and he goes, oh, my God, Ward Eric. <laughs> I go, what? He goes, oh, my God, you're Ward Eric. <laughs> and I go, well, no, I'm Eric. I'm Eric. 
but where's Ward Eric? <laughs> there is no Ward Eric. Ward is the other guy with the hair. I'm the bald guy. I'm Eric. He's Ward. Two separate people. But you're not Eric. <laughs> no, I, I am Eric. But where's Ward Eric? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, man. There's two people, Ward and Eric. He, in his mind, has combined us into one person named Ward Eric and and was not making a joke, could not understand who I was in how I was uh, independent of this entity called Ward Eric. Well, I, I think when you, you look at how we are presented to the world, beside the Twitter feed, because you're on there quite a bit by yourself and I'm not, it's like these two voices, these two names, you know, they're, they are wired, hardwired together in people's brains who listen to the show. And then when you add, say, oh, like 0.4 blood alcohol content into the brain, any separation there is between us it no longer exists. I think that's exactly right. So we start walking and we just can't find a bar that feels like they, they, these just don't, none of them feel good. Now, granted, we felt like it was one in the morning. It was about 6.15 p.m., <laughs> um, but we were all very tired, and it just felt really late. So then we walk down Mass Street through an area called South Park, which is a little park there, and towards campus where there's a couple bars that are like the campus bars. And this is what we're told is like their Knicks. So we go into the wheel. That's their Knicks. Okay. It's it looks like their Knicks about a fifth of the size. It looked really small, yeah. Very tiny, like a maybe a fifth of the size. One floor, but you know, writing on the wall, wood booths, and no one there. I mean, <laughs> there were probably eight people in there, and we were five of them. <laughs> we sit down in a booth, no one at the bar, zero people at the bar. They stopped serving food which was disappointing because I was like, I want some Nick's like food, no food there. You were like, I haven't had a ton of barbecue in like two hours. Yeah. It's time to eat again. Um, it's time to feed and send out a tweet. Hey guys, we're here. Come check it out. And this is where we're going to do the post hotel visit, you know, rally for the team tomorrow before the game. Sure enough, Indiana fans start trickling in, trickling in, trickling in. Race Thompson's dad shows up again, hangs out with us for the night. It was unbelievable. Sat down in the booth. We're talking cigars. You know, we're having a good time. We're talking Darryl, football. Daryl Daryl be, became an honorary goon. He was. He filled in for you. He filled in for you uh, in this weekend. It was unbelievable. He just sit, hang with us the whole weekend. More Indiana fans come in. More, more. Pretty soon the place is packed. Now you can throw in a video here if you want to show. The wheel packed with IU fans, sure. us singing the IU fight song. We got the IU fight song here. Let's go. We're here the wheel. Let's go.
it's a beautiful thing that this this traveling roadshow of Hoosier fans. Nobody else does this. Nobody does it like we do. And you've got to imagine the proprietors of the wheel and everywhere else frequented by IU fans in Lawrence this weekend were like, we need to schedule this uh, every winter break because you know when the students are gone that the receipts just plummet. But Hoosier Nation can really rectify that. Just, just, and I mean, after the results of the weekend all the way around, why wouldn't they want us to keep coming back? (laughs) Just pad their receipts and their their win-loss records. Jayhawk fans were telling us they couldn't believe how many Indiana fans were. They'd never seen anything like it. The greatest was we were sitting there, Hoosier fans everywhere, a group of like four Jayhawks fans walk in, and our booth is at the – you walk in the front door, you go straight to the back wall. That's where our booth is. So I see the front door. These four Jayhawk fans walk in. They're looking around. I just see one of them go, what the fuck? And then turn (laughs) around and walk out. Yeah, sure. They left. So a couple Jayhawks fans filtered in. There was some battling chance. We won because we took over the place. Right. The important victory. Then I see somebody eating pizza. I'm like, where'd you get the pizza? They're like downstairs. Wheel pizza. There's a separate pizza place called Wheel Pizza. You can just go order a pizza down there and bring it up here. Great. I go down. I order two pizzas for our group. They're like, you know what, man? We'll bring them up to you. Awesome. Great. Go upstairs. They bring the pizza. Now, they handed me the pizza boxes. Through the pizza box, I could tell this thing's got to sit for 10 minutes. It it was like they delivered the oven. That's how hot it was. (laughs) And so I say, as I lay it down, guy, really hot. Let it sit. Daryl and I are looking at the pizza. Looks real cheesy and good. Want to get into it. Mm. Labrette, the goon, the bald goon grabs and i'm only sharing this because this became a theme grabs the piece of pizza without waiting two seconds had it in his hand (laughs) went so quick from his hand to his mouth that he could not the brain couldn't tell him don't do this (laughs) throws it in his mouth and it lights his face on fire. <laughs> I mean, it just, and the cheese starts pouring. It's like oh. molten cheese <laughs> pouring out of his face. And what does he do? He just keeps eating it. <laughs> and we're all watching it. And he's like, oh, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Do you not have the, the mechanism that every human being has that when you feel something hot, you stay away from it? He went to town on it, ended up. I got look. It's it's Nick's pizza. It's cheesier than Nick's pizza, but you know it's that great pizza. I was sent a picture of you with like uh, it looked like a big, almost New York style. Different. That was at the game. Oh, that was at the game. Okay, but look, we know the goons are very snobby about pizza. What was their take on the wheel pizza? Shitty pizza, but good for the moment of where we were. Yeah, I'll tell you who loved the pizza. Daryl Thompson. Yeah. I mean, he and I tore it up. Just <laughs> he, tore that pizza up. He being a Minnesota guy, he doesn't have the same chip on his shoulder about pizza as New Yorkers. Exactly. So then another funny story that happened there uh, at the bar. An older gentleman walks up to us, to me and Daryl, and he leans in. He's probably like 65, 70. And he goes, you Indiana fans? I am wearing a Knicks hat. Mm-hmm. I did replace it with a black bandana that, that Daryl Thompson gave me for at some point 
for for his uh, youth group that he does. Uh, but I had Indiana head to toe. So did everyone we were with. Mm-hmm. You Indiana fans? Yeah, we're we're Indiana fans. Uh, what about you? And he pulls back his jacket to reveal an IU. I'm like, great. He's like, you um, this is where we're uh uh we're 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 this is where the fans are gathering. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how how did you uh and he's like ignoring Daryl. And I'm like, uh, how'd you know to get here? And he goes, I saw it on some tweet, Twitter thing. I saw somebody sent out a video. And I'm like, yeah, a video, a bald guy sent out a video wearing an Indiana outfit, like head to toe. Yeah, it was on Twitter. I saw that. Something like Hoosier hystericals or something Mm -hmm. like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Hoosier hysterics on Twitter like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I was over at the other area and I saw that came. Yeah, it was me. (laughs) I sent it. Nah, nah. <laughs> here's someone else. I'm like, all right, man. Hey, this is um, this is Race Thompson's dad, Daryl Thompson. Race Thompson dad. Who? <laughs> Race Thompson's dad. Who? Race. I don't even know. I don't know if he couldn't understand me, or didn't know who Race Thompson was. Just. The fact that he's in Lawrence, Kansas. Well, like if he was an IU grad from 1963 and he'd been living in Lawrence ever since and he just busted out his one piece of IU gear because he heard there are Hoosiers in town. But my guess is he traveled from somewhere else and he's a big IU fan going to Lawrence for this game. And unless you haven't been following IU basketball for the last decade, you've got to know who Race Thompson is. You have to. So. Great night at the wheel. Really fun. Evan Martin, Matt Osgood. Remember old Rob? Matt made it out. Nice. Made it out with Evan. Hung out with them. Met a lot of people. It was awesome. And then we decided to head out and go back to Mass Street and see what's going on there. We go out. We take a picture. I'll send you the picture. You can put it up. Honorary goon, Daryl Thompson, with us outside of the wheel. Daryl and I light up some cigars on our walk. He's a big cigar guy. It was a great picture. Um, oh, was, oh, cool. I, I, did we send it to you? Somebody did. Um, cause that's where I realized I'd been replaced that you guys yeah. had upgraded my position. I mean, Daryl's much Thompson. cooler than both of us. Yeah. But I like, there's one really good picture. I'll show that first. And then the other one is like, nobody is ready for the picture yet. And that <laughs> one I actually preferred. So we start walking now. Keep in mind, like, when when you are around a parent of a player, you do have to have some decorum, yes. right? Like there For are sure. some unwritten rules, you know. Yeah, like, you can ask the parent about how's their the son's experience going. You know, what do they think of it? Like you can ask some of that, but you also have to just be kind. Well, get a few drinks in the goons. <laughs> And everything goes to shit. And as we're walking back, we're talking about Indiana basketball. And somebody says, I think something like our schedule is strong. And LeBrett says, too bad we don't play strong. (laughs) And all of us kind of collectively are like, what did he just do? And Daryl just laughs. (laughs) 
but we're like, oh no, you ruined it. You you made it so Daryl won't be a goon anymore. He won't be an honorary hysterical goon. And all of us were just looking at LeBron. How could you do that? How do you break the cardinal rule? <laughs> but whatever. Daryl goes his way. We head back to Mass Street. Well, and well, I'm I'll just I'll just take a, a pause on that. Yeah. I mean, Daryl played in the NFL. He knows. LeBrett wasn't telling him anything he didn't know. That's what LeBrett kept saying. He didn't say I was wrong. (laughs) So I I was really tired. I was up, you know, at like, you know, four in the morning L.A. time to make the flight. I walked around, smoked my cigar. They went into another bar. I called it a night, went back to the hotel, the Eldridge Hotel. Really cool hotel, although no parking. No one in Kansas, no hotel owns a parking lot. Is there plenty of street parking? No, there isn't. What the I hell? I had to park in some public garage on the top floor, like a block and two blocks away. But like, it's not their hotel. Huh. Also, I had to park on the top floor, like level five. The elevator doesn't work. <laughs> which is lugging bags. Which yeah, okay, yeah. That I was like, when you arrive and you're going with gravity, yeah, not fine. so bad. But I'm sure the way back was not great. Not fun. So that was day one in Lawrence, Kansas. Next day, game day was big time. Wake up early. We had sent a tweet out to let everybody know, here's the plan. We're going to meet at the Oriad Hotel, the the hotel that the players are staying at. We're going to do our version of a Vegas rally. I was a little skeptical. I didn't know how many people would actually do it. It's also 8.30 in the morning that I'm telling people I'm going over there. So very different than Vegas where you just come down your hotel and you're there. Most people were staying at the MGM. How cold was it? Oh, my God. I mean, wasn't cold enough to not smoke a cigar. I can tell you that. But it was like 20 degrees, 20, 25 degrees. Real cold. I made the goons come with me. And the goons are wearing their red jackets with cream. I should say their crimson jackets with cream elbow pads. But because they're so into the style of it, they can't wear leather jackets or, or coat winter jackets over it. So they are freezing. Steve doesn't want to mess up his hair, so he doesn't bring a jacket. I respect that. LeBrett decided not to bring his jacket, his blazer. That wasn't even under his blue his blue winter jacket? It was a giant controversy. LeBrett is part of the goons. They all have these crimson jackets. They ordered them custom-made together, and he refused to wear it. All right, here we go. Woo! Losers. Got the nice five-time jacket on. We got the blazers. One of the goons, blue jacket. We won't get into it. We won't get into it. We are on our way to the Oriad Hotel right now. We're going to rally for the team. Team's going to walk to their bus around 9, be there, be square. Then we're going to maybe head over to the wheel if you want to do some morning drinking like these guys do. And then we're going to head over to the game and we're going to smoke these Jayhawks, right? Clemson! And they let him have it for it, rightfully so. Now, in his defense, he says, nothing good's ever happened in those jackets. (laughs) Nothing good. Except they just won against North Carolina. It's true. And he was in the jacket for that. Yes. And he argues home games don't count. Well, that's that's a bit of a thin thin argument. I mean, look, not to skip ahead, spoiler alert, we... We're not going to win the game you're you're about to go to. And I wasn't there. So I'm just, you know, I'm always looking 
for a little counterbalance to the argument that we we are the reason IU loses. But I I just like to say that I wasn't there and we still lost. So maybe it's you, maybe it's not me. Regardless, let's you know. I, I know a few people on the Twigs board. Uh, uh, Twigs board. That's the Twitter and the Pigs together. I don't want to have to say both separately. Yeah, the, the Twigsters out there um, were excited that I wasn't there. They noticed that, and that maybe we would have a chance. Well, guess what, guys? It doesn't matter whether I'm there or not. We can still shit the bed. Nothing more entertaining than you and I getting those tweets about how us being at games is the reason we lost. There's nothing more entertaining than that. Uh Start to walk to the hotel. I'm leading the way because I'm the only one that wasn't drunk three hours ago and leading the way. And I, of course, am going in the wrong direction. I'm just <laughs> heading the wrong direction. They pointed out we reverse course. We head back to the hotel. Kansas is the flattest place that has ever existed in the world, except there's one hill in all of Kansas. And it's a hill that repeatedly that weekend, we found ourselves traversing up and down. And the first time was now, well, actually the night before we had to go up part of the hill to get to the wheel. Now we have to go up the hill all the way to get to the hotel. And I'm telling you, it's like a hill that is like a ski lift is necessary to get up there. Mount Jayhawk. Mount Jayhawk. We, we, we traversed Mount Jayhawk and we ended up at the Oriad Hotel, which is the hotel on campus, which is an awesome hotel. It yeah. looks so cool. Old stonework. Just so cool. Get there. There's a little group of Indiana fans already there at 8.30 a.m. They start to fill in. I think we had a couple hundred people that gathered, maybe more, a few hundred. I sent out videos. You can play one now. We are here at the Oriad Hotel. Is that how you pronounce it? Oriad? Yes. Anybody? Oriad. We're here at the Oriad Hotel, and we got a bunch of can tell it's really early that's not as loud as we can get but we're waiting for the team and then we're going to go kick some jayhawk i was going to say a bad word but there's two kids right here so we're going to play really well today that's what we're going to do awesome to have that many iu fans the team we do still have to get the team to walk out all together I mean, this trickling of one at a time is a real pain in the ass it's just so anticlimactic yeah it is it's like yeah Here's the sense of the line. It goes this way. It comes through here. It comes through here. Make way, make way. We got to keep. Oh, look out, look out, look out, look out. We got to keep. They're going to come this way too, so we got to keep it open. It comes this way. All Hoosiers all the time. There's Dr. Rink. Hello, Dr. Rink. How you doing? This is where it goes. Then it comes back this way. It's people everywhere. It's Hoosiers everywhere. Let's go, X. We got Scoop. Yeah! What's up, X? Let's go, Scoop! Let's go! Let's go, Scoop! But it was really fun. Lots of hugs. Lots of pictures taken with family members. Chris Gunn was there. Uh, Mrs. Gunn was there. It was awesome. And then we all walked to the bar together, the wheel packed. So we went to the Jayhawk, the Hawk, which is just down the hill a little bit more. The most disgusting interior structure I have ever been in in my entire life. Well, well, well you haven't been to the Oyo Hotel. 
Fair enough. Have not. <laughs> but if the OYO is worse than this, then child services should take your kids away. Okay? That's how disgusting. It felt like you were walking into a place that had active vomiting going on constantly for a few years. Mixed <laughs> with beer and bad, like Mr. Clean, you know, like rotten Mr. Clean antiseptic. It was disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I was in there for about five minutes. I got to go outside and smoke a cigar just to get the odor away from me. <laughs> Went outside. Goons came out. We walked back up the giant hill. And this was the first time we got to walk through campus. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what's the campus like? Very nice. Very nice. But totally, I think, without real character. Mm. Really cool buildings, but the buildings don't fit together. You've got a brick building and a modern building and kind of a stone building. And you've got a really old church. And then you've, you've got a building that looks like a museum. It just looks like a bunch of different buildings imported from different styles, as opposed to this campus that we all know and love, where everything fits together, basically. Yeah. yeah. And also, campus is basically one straight street. Hmm. All the building, and it's a big street, but it's one street with very, like, few trees. Hmm. You know, and the trees that did exist, it's winter, so there were no leaves on the trees, but they weren't big trees. Okay. There's no, you know, that, that area around Ballantyne, you know, where you get to walk on those wood bridges and the creeks running through and then Dun Meadow in front of the Union. It's and, an idyllic paradise. It is. Lawrence is nothing like that. So Lawrence our campus is, clean, is better. No doubt. Excellent. No, honestly, Great. like I, this isn't just fanboy. No doubt. Bloomington's campus blows KU out of the water. Fantastic. I mean, it's not close. Very nice. Very clean, but very just sterile and not and not like it fits together. Great. So, um, so we walk through campus all the way to Fog Allen. And from the outside, not much to see. I mean, it's an old field house, you know, yep. it's an old yep. field house. We walk in, and it's weird. Where we walked in to get our tickets at Will Call, the locker room for Indiana was, I mean, I could have opened the door. Huh. And so the coaches and Woody are walking in and out. The players are coming back. We're like, what is this? That's bizarre. Like, and people were just lined up there. So we get in. And then the big thing at Fog Allen is this Hall of Athletics, this museum that they have. It kind of looked like, like it was in a, a basement. Well, it's very dark because it's in this field house and there was no light at that part. But it is very, it is cool. It's the history of like sports and specifically the history of basketball, because obviously Dr. Naismith, associated with Kansas, of course, mm -hmm. created the game and he has... On display, they have his original rule book. The original rule book. There was, first of all, we we wanted to see it. We're like, everybody's got to see it. So we start asking everybody who works there, hey, where are the rules? I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? Um, over that way? We walk that way. Where are the rules? Somebody goes, oh, I think it's on the second floor. Ask somebody else, where are the rules? Oh, no, you got to go downstairs. How do you not know where the rules are? It's kind well, of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. We finally find it, and there's a, a line like a mile long to get 
up to a little cutout of a wall where the book sits behind. <laughs> it's the Mona Lisa. Yes. And it's a line of people like a quarter of a mile long just waiting to get their picture taken. No way were we waiting in that line. So I fired up the phone, put on the camera, and when you pretend like you're shooting something or are shooting something, which I did, I just skipped ahead of everybody, went around everybody, went right up to the rules. I'm like, oh, there are the rules. Adios. (laughs) I did see the rules. You can play that video now. Sure, sure. All right, Hoosier Nation. This is the line. This is the line. Why does Mario Chalmers have arms in the fourth quarter? Oh, God. This is the line to see the rules, to see the original rules of basketball. Somebody just shouted, Hawks, baby. This is the line for the original rules of basketball. This guy's getting a picture. This is Go Hoosiers. We're live tweeting. We're live tweeting. Look, everybody, rules of basketball, rules of basketball. There we go. Very good. Rules of basketball, rules of basketball. And now we're back down. That's what this line is all about. Original rules. Hoosier hysterics out. Ayu. Came back from the rules video to find non-heat regulating uh, mouth of fire Mike LeBret mm-hmm. holding a chili cheese dog that had steam coming off of it that was the most disgusting item of food I've ever seen in my life. It was a boat of a bun boat just holding molten cheese and chili. And this guy throws it into his mouth, melts half his mouth and tongue, of course, again. And the cheese, he takes the the hot dog out. There's cheese up here on his face. It's all over him. What are you doing? You're an animal. You're an animal that has not (laughs) learned how to eat properly. And and so he takes like two bites of it, throws it away because it's too hot. <laughs> Did anybody explain if he just held on to it for a couple more minutes, it would have been fine? I feel like that ship has sailed in his life, <laughs> right? I mean, he's not young. And he if he hasn't figured out that there's a, a, a direct relationship between heat of food and time, sure. then it, it, he's not going to learn it now. So we walk into... Fog Allen, and almost immediately, I'm face-to-face with the Jayhawk. All right, I've been waiting to see this guy. He's apparently famous in Kansas. He's got a big deal here. Everybody cheers for him. He's a legend. Uh. (laughs) Come on, hug it out. Hug it out. Thank you. Good. Good. I feel dirty. I'm going to go take a shower. Look at that. Look at that. I hate him. I hate him. So the first thing I notice as I'm walking to my seats and I'm walking with John the goon is uh, where'd all the Indiana fans go? Mm. (laughs) Because it was not like Vegas where like three quarters of the place was Indiana fans. This place was filled with Kansas fans and there were Indiana fans sporadically spread out. You know, uh, there what, was no big section of Indiana fans. What's the capacity in Fog Allen? 16,500, I believe, right around okay. 16,500. But, Ward, it is so different because it's Hinkle Fieldhouse. It's right. just one, you know, section all the way to the top. There's no balcony. Yeah. Um, 
we make our way to the seats. The atmosphere is crazy. It's like you can feel it. It's intense. We're sitting right behind the Indiana bench. And I realize as I look around, oh, there's Race's dad and mom. Oh, there's Tamar's family. Oh, there's Trey Galloway's parents. Oh, there's Miller Cop's family. I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of those experiences again where I just have to bite my tongue. Yeah. Yeah. And so we sit down and the game starts and Miller Cop misses that three to start the game. Yeah. Oh, let me let me take it back for a second. Their hype video that they play for Kansas basketball is much better than Indiana's hype video. It's better. Is is that simply because they've won so much more basketball over the last Maybe, 20, they, 30 years? They edited in some Indiana footage of them oh. beating Indiana. Oh, that's they cruel. did that a couple times. Cruel. They did um the video, they took an old movie. Oh, what was it? Hold on. They took an old movie clip. Hoosiers. The Outlaw Josie Wales. Damn. What? Oh, I was hoping it was Hoosiers, but I knew no. it wasn't. They took the Outlaw Josie Wales and dubbed in a line that was like, I never did care about them Hoosiers anyway, or something like that. And the crowd lost their minds for it. Like they did some good things, so hyped, but nothing over the top. They were intense. First play. Of the game, at least that's my memory of it. Trace Jackson Davis double team kicks it to Miller Cop. Miller misses a three, and John starts to go crazy <laughs> that Miller Cop missed the wide open three. And I had to quickly fill him in on who we were sitting around, and that did temper everything the rest of the game. Sure, you know, yeah. so that is a tough situation when you're cheering like hell for your team but you can't emote the way you would normally emote because all of the people who birthed these players yeah. are surrounding you. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta keep the positive loud and the negative quiet. Ward. I'm sure it was the same for you. Four minutes into the game. It was over. It was over. And it felt like that for every Indiana fan there. It felt like we were watching another example of a team that was Faster, stronger, more skilled, better, played more organized, played more disciplined, played smarter, had a better offense, had a better defense, had better talent. It just seemed like there was nothing that we do as a basketball team, even at our best, that is as good as what they do at their best. Look, I mean, we saw it at St. Mary's. We saw it in Las Vegas. You saw it against in again in Lawrence. This is a disturbing pattern. Just just looking completely outmatched from the beginning of the game. And before we get into that, we have a new segment that you coined last week. This is presented by IU Ventures. It is Hoosier Hoopla. Totally botched it because remember, Look, I think this is all going to go out the window once the, the song is recorded. I have written the song. Can I hear I'm it? Not, I have not recorded the song. I'm playing with a couple different tempos sort of rhythmically. I want to add a couple things in. But then I was like, well, now that'll take away from the me saying, IU Ventures presents Hoosier Hoopla. But for now, I think that's great. 
All right, so this is the segment where we go after Indiana basketball. We break it down. We talk about what's going on. We talk about the biggest stories, the biggest goings-ons, the biggest happenings in Indiana basketball, and that, of course, this week is just the Kansas game, which we will break down in a second. But it is brought to you by our friends at IU Ventures, iuventures.com. Ward, let's tell the good people what they need to know about IU Ventures. Look, if you are looking to invest in a company and you want to see your portfolio grow, you want to see maybe your cash uh, grow with your portfolio, but you want to keep it inside the IU family, you go to iuventures.com. You sign up, you get on the email list, and you can see all these incredible uh, new technologies, IP, any kind of uh, Shark Tank type proposal you might want to see coming out of Indiana. Students, alumni, faculty, staff, this is your one-stop shopping to go and be like, hey, I got some extra dough. I want to make more dough out of this dough, but I only want to do it with IU people. This is where you go. And and what if you're on the other side of that equation, Eric? What can you do then? If you're an investor, I'm mean, sorry, an inventor, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're somebody that has created something, IU Ventures is the only part of IU that actually writes checks to seed businesses. And that money goes to creating these businesses that creates jobs, jobs for Hoosiers, jobs for others. It helps the economy. IU Ventures actually writes the checks to start these businesses off. It's an amazing organization run by Hoosiers for Hoosiers. And if you just want to know what's going on there, go to iuventures.com. It doesn't cost anything. iuventures.com. Sign up for the mailing list. Become an angel investor. Become somebody that gets funding for your business or just sign up for the newsletter so you know what's going on. This is, we've had the pleasure of getting to know the guys behind IU Ventures. They are huge basketball fans. They're huge Hoosier supporters. And they are doing something that is just sensational. They're taking all this incredible human capital that comes out of Indiana, like Ward said, from students to faculty to staff to alumni, and saying, we don't need to go outside of that world to find great inventions, great businesses. We don't need to go outside of that world to find great investors and people that can lend their expertise to it. We can do it all in-house, and we, IU Ventures, will write the checks. Well, iuventures.com is the place to learn everything, and in the coming weeks, we're going to highlight some of their businesses that they have funded. We're even going to highlight some of the angel investors who have done some of the investing there to show you how this works on both sides. But for now, go to iuventures.com to learn everything you need to know about it, and please sign up, iuventures.com. Now, let's get to some basketball breakdown. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he's back. He was here a week ago. He broke down the Arizona-Indiana game and the state of the Indiana basketball program. He was direct. He was honest. He was controversial. It, it made some waves in the IU fan base. A week later, Indiana had a chance to prove him wrong, and that didn't quite happen. Please welcome one of the greatest players to ever play at Indiana University, former Big Ten Player of the Year, former NBA player from Terre Haute, Brian Evans. Yeah, guys, I got to ask you, the intro, I mean, I, I love it, man. You guys always treat me pretty kind. But I thought last time I was on, I was you guys were saying, wow, I'm being fair. I'm a nice guy. I was in a good mood. I was... I was trying to be positive. Yes, you have to call it like you see it. We were talking about 
Rutgers, and we were talking about Arizona, two losses. So you want the truth. Now, how was I controversial? Like, you had people calling in, trashing me, or you guys have some, you know, some chat room that guys go to. What are they saying about me? I, I, I didn't know anything negative. Brian, I, I, didn't, I didn't think I had bad feedback. There is a portion of the Indiana fan base that if you don't say everything is great about Indiana, they think something's wrong with you. That's the truth. If you aren't, you know, crimson colored glasses all the time, then there must be yeah. you. You are anti the program. We have never believed in that, uh, you know, perspective. But there are people who just don't like, you know, oh, he's too harsh on Trace or whatever it may be. I thought what you said was fair and opened our eyes. I I did push back last week. You know, we went back and forth on the whole press conference thing. I think that uh, that people, some people were like, just let the kids have fun, you know, um, on the words, on the press conferences. Look, and I, and but, I'll say but, this. it yeah. was I would say it was the least controversial of your appearances. <laughs> there was less furor over your statements because I think everybody else had also watched the Rutgers and Arizona games and uh, couldn't really deny that there are issues which now are all the more clear one week later after a really horrific showing in Kansas. Um, did you see anything new that went wrong in Kansas, or was it more of the same? I like the question, Ward. That's a good question. You came up with a hard one early. You know, I, probably I'm just overall disappointed because I – I had such high hopes, you know, and, and so I, I want to start with that. It's like, I know I was pretty, I was pretty positive last week. Cause I, I want these guys to be good. I realize if I tell the truth about certain things like trace, it's going to hurt people's feelings. Cause they, they got those crimson colored glasses. Um, and a lot of people don't know how to break down basketball. They just, they're just in love with their team and love with that Jersey. And I am too. I just happen to know more about what's going on and why we're not doing well. And, well, you know, I get it. That's hard for people to hear sometimes. I, I thought all in all, we did a lot of the same things that we did in the other losses, um, but we just did it on a bigger stage at, at noon in front of a lot more people. And that sucks. Yeah. So let's get into it, because I I mean, I was there in person. I have not watched it back on TV. It was disgusting to watch from virtually moment one. I mean, I think the first play of the game for us, we did have a wide open three. Trace passed out of a double team. Miller missed the three. And then you blinked and we were losing 12 to two. And th this defense is so porous against good offenses. Yes, against Big Ten teams that are challenged offensively, they're fine. But we've played Arizona and we've played Kansas. And I'll go back to St. Mary's last year, which is a well-coached, good offense. And we've gotten smoked, absolutely smoked. Uh, and it pisses me off. So, Brian, let's just start with not the defense. Let's start with the offense. What in the world are we even trying to do? Uh, well, I... I um ask myself that question for the first 10 minutes of the game. Um, the same thing. And then I start, I start pressing like, am I not seeing this right? What are, what are, what is the tr staff 
the guys that put together the game plan, I'm asking myself, I wonder what they're trying to accomplish because it can't be what I'm watching, right? I know that. Right. And it's a pretty good head scratcher. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you how I feel about um, Trace on the block. Um, he, he's not a guy. Is he a willing and able passer? Yes. I'm not saying he's not. Uh, but what he's never been was a guy that can catch the ball in the block and he, he doesn't have a bunch of moves. I mean, and, and we throw it to him and our goal is to throw it to him. Can't believe that pass that race through, try to throw it to him. I, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? And they got a breakaway dunk. It, it was so bad and so lazy. He tried to enter the ball on the right side block into trace. Yeah. And I, yeah, I got the impression that in practice, we we were we're NBA, you know. When when Barkley's pre- posting somebody up, he's got that person held off. They play differently in the NBA. Like he he's got a hand on the guy guarding him, and he shows you the hand he wants you to throw it to. It's not getting stolen, right? That that's the NBA. And the and the players just kind of falling behind, and you know, in the NBA, and they go, hey, we're going to let the ball get entered into to Barkley. Number one, he's not Barkley. Number two, they don't do that in college. You you press the one you you. You're trying to fight around a guy. If Trace is a good player, the defense in college is going, the first thing we want to do is limit his touches. So you're not, and Trace kind of stands there with one hand up, like, hey, throw it here. But the guy is fighting around him, trying to steal the ball. And I get this feeling that in practice, they're they're falling in behind and letting the ball get entered, you know, and that's what they're practicing against. And that's a problem. They need to be right. practicing with the intensity that Kansas is going to play with. So I just saw how lazy he threw the ball in there. That must work in practice, right? Because it doesn't work against Kansas. Right. That's that's the first piece. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent there. I got so upset watching that. Offensively, we want to throw the ball to Trace. That's our whole entire goal. He's not that good on the block. The guy doesn't have – he doesn't back people down well. He never has. The best thing that he does is immediately spins. Just right when you catch it, spin baseline or into the middle and, and try to get on the, on the run. Where he has an advantage, he's pretty quick for his size, right? He's not a quintessential low-block player. And it it's looks to me like we're, we think that he is. He is not. He's, Trace plays well against smaller people, less athletic people. We covered this last time. Length and athleticism gives them a hard time, right? So why would we stand there and have four other guys standing and try to throw him the ball against length and athleticism and expect him to score 25 points? Where he's good, he's got to get two or three easy run-out baskets. When Trace gets running up and down, he's fast, he can jump, he's athletic. That's where he gets in a groove, and he starts thinking he's going to have a good game. When those first two touches he got, he shot into somebody's hand, and, you know, that just can jump way higher than him, just swatted him. That kills him. His, his two first touches were bad ones, bad looks, and I think he turned it over once, just kind of fumbled into him, and then he missed a bunny. And his psyche, he's a little soft. And I, I just think the rest of the game, he looked different to me. He did not look as engaged. and we're we he's mr everything to us i wish he meant less to us collectively than he does because if he doesn't have it going we are done yeah i 
just to to go from the jump, I think a big narrative emerging from three of these last four games is just not opening the game with the level of intensity and focus uh, energy required to go on the road and beat good to great teams. How much of that is on the upperclassmen, the leadership uh, within the players' ranks, and how much can a coach or coaching staff really do to affect that? I think a lot of it is on veteran leadership that I, I not seeing, right? I mean, how could we, how could we, how is it there when they come out and start like that? I don't know where they think they're going to play. I was nervous the night before and all morning for the game. Like I was going to play in it because right. I know what that <laughs> environment's like. And you got to be shot out of a cannon to be, to go into that environment. And and then it's coaches guy that I played for. Um, we were ready. We knew that this has been, this has been circled. We, every road game we had back then, obviously this is a special one when you go into a place like that, but we knew that our game had that date had been circled by everybody. We played every road opponent was waiting for us. You know, the student body was waiting for us. And so you're never going to sneak in and catch somebody off guard. You're not going to go in to fog Allen Fieldhouse with Indiana on your Jersey and, and they're not ready for you. Bill Self's too good. But you're not going to do that. And that's how we played. It just looked like we thought it was just an average game. I, I just didn't see a bunch of intensity from us. I I, I don't know. No, I, I look, either did I. And it pisses me off. Uh, the body language sucked. The intensity yeah. sucked. Um, but I even want to take a, a step back to go, oh, there he is. Look, I'm uh, still looking good. Still looking, looking just, good. Just much better than us. Um <laughs> Oh, okay. But but take a step back. I go. I watch Arizona play in person. I see beautiful offense, movement, guys coming off picks, big men moving around the floor, great passing. I see Kansas. They had eighteen shots at the rim. The, not not shots. They made eighteen buckets at the rim, layups and dunks. And most of those, the vast majority, was off of the half court where they're setting nice picks at the elbows and curling around them, and guys are either able to rub off those and get to the hole or they make great passes. That's what college basketball is. I realize that's not what the NBA is. The NBA, the guys are too good. The NBA is about get the ball in the hands of the best player on the team and let them do what they do best for the most part. I understand Golden State Warriors move the ball, triangle offense, but the triangle offense was set to get Michael Jordan the ball where he wanted to get the ball. And Steph Curry gets the ball where he wants to get the ball, and then he makes a move. And it feels like we are running some version of an NBA offense where we just pass the ball around the perimeter or get it into the post, hope that Trace makes a one-on-one -on -one move, or a guard makes a one-on-one -on -one move. And we don't have the talent for that. And I'm watching well-coached teams in Bill Self's Kansas and Tommy Lloyd's Arizona run this beautiful basketball where the system frees up everyone to get open looks. We don't do that. Am I? And I know I didn't play at a high level, but am I crazy? No, that's what I see. And, and I think the same exact thing. And I, you know, the, the thing about Woody is 
I know he knows what good offense is. He was at, in one. Right. It's been a long, long time, but he was in one. And, you know, we somebody sent me uh, that, that Kansas game from 94. Somebody, it was on Twitter, you know, that it happened to be the same day, 28 years ago or whatever it was. And I watched it um, yesterday. And I, I'd never go back and watch old game tape. And it was fun to watch. And my in-laws were sitting there. My kid was in and out of the room. And we were watching offense, and we are watching guys get each other open, and we are watching the ball go through our best scorers, Allen and myself at times, and we're moving the ball. I mean, the ball didn't come to me to die. Like, it, when it came to me, we're like, okay, now you're a good scorer. Go get us a bucket. Right. I can't tell you how many times I catch the ball and move it because there, there's not a shot, but it's there, there's something else going on on the other side of the court, and you move the ball. And, and my mother-in-law said – Look how many times you catch the ball and don't even look at the basket or moving it because we're working on offense. And all we do is come down and we're like, it's obvious what we want to do. We want to throw it to the guy that I don't. Okay. I almost, I almost got real mean. We want to throw it to the same person every single time and think that he's Michael Jordan. And he's not, we, I don't know why we're not getting open shots and running plays. I said it last time. If Miller cop is shooting close to 50%, like he is, or 40, whatever he is, well, why aren't we trying to, we only throw out of a double team to get him a shot. Why aren't we running him off a pick? Why aren't we running any sets? I don't see any sets. And then I start going, do I not know this game? Are we running offense that I can't see? And we don't, I, I don't see any sets. I don't see him calling plays. I don't see him coming down the court, holding up horn. I, I don't see it. I will say I will say this real quick. Um, there was a moment in the second half, um, and I want to know if you guys saw this too. We were down by ten. We had cut the lead to ten. I say cut the lead like we were real, but whatever. You know, we they were up by like seventeen, nineteen. We cut it to ten, and then we had the ball out of bounds. We called. There was a timeout, and we ran a play coming out of bounds. That this is the one time where we actually do run plays is out of bounds. And we ran a play that was like a double screen for Miller to get open. And he was wide open and he missed the shot. It would have cut the lead to seven. Could have been a big moment in the game. Wasn't. Not that it really would have mattered. But I do feel like I've seen us run some of those plays on baseline out of bounds and sideline out of bounds. And that's it. And usually we get something open out of that. Or a lot of times. I don't want to say usually. But I agree with you. There is no offense being run. And it goes back to conversations Ward and I had before the season even started where we talked to some of the players and we're like, well, last year was all about getting Woody's defense installed. This year, now we you had time. Everybody knows the defense. Now you can work on the offense. How's it been to work on the offense? And the answers we got were like, we're not really adding anything else new. We just kind of play pickup ball. And he lets us do that. Like wow. that—that is what like, we like heard scrimmaging. The yeah, started. that scrimmaging that they would start to develop a chemistry and a knowledge of each other's games that they could just kind of feel it out on that end. Now, I—I super simplistic here, but wait, wait, real quick, Ward, before you go on, did you notice that play, that Miller cop play, you or Brian? I did not. Brian, do you remember that one? Hey, I started. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I had such a hard time staying glued to it. I started Damn. walking around the house. Yep. I, I went and brought in some firewood. Yep. I couldn't watch it, man. I don't want to okay. watch us play like that on national okay. TV at noon on 
Saturday. I don't want to see that. Yeah, Ron, we I'm with you. I started um I I was driving out to the desert with my family. So when it was very clear we weren't going to be competitive, I started, you know, doing dishes pulling like laundry together to get ready for the trip. Like I cannot believe this early into this season, this kind of game with the expectations of this team, that that's what I was doing, but I couldn't sit there and, and, and stomach just giving it my full attention. You're right. We Um, do one thing. We call one thing on offense. There's one thing I see the point guard points to the ground saying, I need a pick. That's it. That's what I see. The high pick and roll. That's it. NBA, baby. But this this is what I wanted to ask you, Brian, if this is oversimplistic, if I just don't understand the game well enough. But I felt Kansas, other good teams, excellent teams, and maybe this was the case of you guys in 94 against Kansas, if you simply are getting the ball around the perimeter quickly, from one side of the court to the other. And the defense is having to adjust to that. And heaven forbid somebody's running the baseline or you have off-ball screens going on that if you do that fast enough, crisp passes, not even looking at the basket, just keep it moving, then send it back to the other side, you're going to find somebody out of position if you're doing that for 20 seconds. Yeah. No, I mean, there's no question. Reversing the basketball and and making people fight through things. You know, it's okay to set a ball screen. Not back in, you know, 28 years ago, it wasn't okay with coach, but that is part of the game now. Um, but, yeah, you gotta you got to give yourself opportunities to uh, get him out of position. And we're, we're dribbling, like, tentatively, like, I don't want to lose this. You know, I, I first things first, I got to make sure I have the ball. And, and then just, you could see him looking at trace and like, do I have an angle? Can I throw it to him now? And is it, by the way, feeding the post, there's a little bit of an art form to it and we don't have it. Mm -hmm. We don't have post feeders. And that was something that's really interesting that, that coach Knight did. And, and Woody's well aware of it when, when they charted our practices, everything that happened in practice, one of the things that, you know, it, it's all the obvious stuff, you know, deflection, steals, all, all your shooting, rebounding, assists, steals, blocks. That's all up there. But the one extra stat that always, when I first got there, that caught me off guard was post feeds. And I thought, well, why, why is post feeds up there? And Coach made it real clear. This is a big part of our team. We want to play inside out and get the ball inside. When you have people like Alan Hendricks, you have good players. You want to get them the ball. and I really focused on that. I mean, it was a big deal to him. So I was like, it's a big deal to me is, and we did this, um, you know, like a, the old school, three guys keep away drill, two guys, you know, with the ball thrown back and forth and there's a defender. And in order to, to get out of being the defender, you had to deflect or tip a ball. We did it every single day of practice. And what that drill was for was for feeding the post. You got somebody all over you on the perimeter, waving their arms. You got to look one direction you know, look high, drop it down low. Um, we don't do that drill, okay? There, that's not happening down there. And we don't have guys that can feed the post. I, I can't even tell you how many times I saw a guy try to throw it with his right hand because he's right-handed, and it's a left-handed post feed. If you look at where the, the, the offense was, where he's shown his hand, where the defender is, 
you got to be able to throw it with either hand. We can't. We can't. We're really bad at feeding the post. In addition to, I don't think he's holding guys off and really showing both hands like, give me the ball. I don't see it. I, I, he's holding the one up like the, the whole cool NBA thing. Like, eh, it's right here. It's right here. Just throw it right here. It's not that easy when you don't have guys that, that can feed the post. I don't think we can talk about the game without talking about the fact that Xavier Johnson went down with a pretty significant injury, it seems. Now, Xavier was terrible in the game before the injury. We were already getting our butts kicked. But, you know, we got two point guards on this team, and now one of them is gone. Um, You know, I'll be honest. I know people think the season is, like, lost without Xavier. I'd like to see this team be Jalen hood Shafino's team. I mean, I know that was his first game back, and he did not shoot well. He hit two threes, but he didn't shoot well in the mid-range game. But I want it to be his team. I wanted him to have the ball in his hands as much as X had the ball in his hands last year. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I do want to see Tamar Bates be the starting two guard and Trey come off the bench because I just think we don't even have enough dynamic players, and Tamar is more dynamic than Trey. Um, but what's your take there on X being out and what that means for Indiana? I think, first off, the injury was really strange. When I saw it happen, I thought he faked it. Now, I, I realize the kid's not faking it. That was the weirdest the weirdest reaction to an injury I've ever seen in my life. I was convinced he wanted out of the building when I saw it happen because mm-hmm. it was so it was so delayed. It was. And then it was so dramatic. And then it was so dramatic, which is, as you guys know, not my thing. I don't like it. Your, be- your leg better be compound fracture to, to act like that. It-, it better be severe. I don't know what, what they're going to announce. Have they announced anything? They have not announced it, but I think it's pretty clear that something broke. I mean, it, it really, and, and look, I'll just say this as a finely tuned athlete myself, <laughs> I broke my foot about 10 weeks ago, stepping off my back patio, big athletic injury. And I reacted very similar to Xavier Johnson. I was writhing in pain and screaming and knew I broke it right away. It was different than an ankle injury. I've sprained my ankle several times and in basketball, sprained my ankle. It was, you know, most of the time a sprained ankle, it hurts, but you feel like you can walk it off. You know, when I broke my foot. To be clear, I'm not suggesting he faked an injury. Uh, It was a, and then when they showed the replay, it was even more what I thought it, it was. It was a huge delay. You know, oh, was it? I didn't, oh, I didn't yeah. see that. I couldn't. Tell oh, that. man. There you got to go watch it. It was like a slow-mo and, and you know, because they're kind of diving for the ball and he goes through that action. And then once it's that's resolved itself, then all of a sudden he looks at his foot and freaks out. It was maybe in real time. It was a couple of seconds, but particularly with the slow-mo, you could tell after last contact on that foot, he was still preoccupied with, with hitting the deck and what was going on with the ball, and then he turned his attention to it. Weird. Well, he, like, may, have, he may have heard something. He Again, I, I when they showed it, him, it didn't look like he turned. I texted with him a little bit after the game. He was dejected and in pain, and I saw my seats were right behind the bench. I saw him throughout the game. They put a boot on him. He couldn't put any weight on it. He was in... He was in real pain. I mean, real pain for the rest of the game. And look, say what we want about Xavier. And look, the guy has not played like for the majority of this season so far. He did not play like the guy we saw at the end of last year. 
He's made a lot of mistakes. He plays hard. Xavier's a guy who at least brings the energy and plays hard. And I can't say that about the whole team. I really can't. Well, you, well, that's fair. So I'll answer your question. I, 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 you know, how I feel about hood Shafino and I, yeah. I want to see the ball in his hands more, you know, obviously we'd love to get X back. It's not like we want him hurt. Um, but this gives them an opportunity to do something. I like what you said about Tamar Bates and he is more dynamic than anybody else. I mean, you can, you know, he may not always get hot, but he thinks he can make shots and, and he, he steps into his shot and he may be, it may just be me and Miller cop. The only two guys that step into a shot, at least they think they're going to make it. Fair. Um, Fair. And you got it. When we look so anemic out there, you need more of those guys out there more often. And uh, yeah, so I think I think you make a good call there. It'd be interesting to see what he does. You can't have a bunch of Trey Galloways. He is completely an energy kind of player who is not always going to put his fingerprints on the game. I think it's a lot to ask a wing guy with his athleticism and his who he is as a player. That's where Kansas is strong as hell. They've got wing guys for days, and they are great athletes. They are five star guys. It's a lot to ask him. I think what we need out of him is just just a, a great defensive effort every game. And you know he's 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 playing against top flight wings. He's not gonna he's not gonna stay in front of all those guys. I and mean, that's just not a great matchup for him. That that no. kind of game. Well, and and it does make me feel like when we were looking at these guys, particularly you know, maybe Ja'Kai Newton coming in next year, or even with what could happen with Caleb Banks or C.J. Gunn, or certainly some of the 24 and 25 guys, who you can see maybe Coach Woodson's priorities are moving towards having uh, IU and Philly on Peaks talked about this. I think it was him of, of more versatile, more dynamic wings. But, I mean, if the cavalry shows up, you know, if they develop, if we bring in more guys, it's years from now. And I, I just can't believe there's not something as a coach, as a coaching staff, you don't say, these are the pieces I have right now this year. How do I maximize this with what I've got as opposed to here's the style of play I'm hoping for in 2025. Like, and we talked a bit, a little bit about this last time, Brian, but like when you're looking at these pieces here, how do you, how do you pull out of, three losses in four games, a team that you expect to be at least recalibrated expectations, a top five Big Ten team, uh, uh, a five or six seed in the tournament? Like, do, do you see that? Well, I, I, I would start by – I'd be making changes, number one. I mean, because when you see what we're all agreeing what was a pretty uninspired effort, and an unenthusiastic looking group of guys. Um, I'm, I'm just, again, I know where I come from. I know what my roots are. I mean, I get it. I, and that it always wor- it worked back in the day, right? Coach sat Damon down. You know, Damon started a lot of basketball games. Didn't start a handful and didn't start a handful because Coach didn't like what he saw. We, for some reason, are so in love with this starting lineup that he had last year and this year. I mean, I'm, I'm yanking guys. I'm like, Hey, you're a sixth year guy. That's what you gave me. You're a Miller cops, 25 years old. That's what you gave me. Sit down, sit down. You know, even if it's just for the first five, three to five minutes of the next game, perfect game to do it. Perfect game to do it. Right. 
now we're playing jokers. We're now, now we've played, you know, we've laid eggs in the, in the big games that we've been, all the fan bases wanted to see forever. Now we're going to go back, you know, and I, this is, I don't, this is going to draw criticism. Great. Here it comes. I, I, unfortunately, these are the games I think Trace schedule. He circles on his calendar, Elon and Merrimack and Kennesaw and because he, he destroys them, man. You know, we finally, as a fan base, got to see us on the national stage, and it was not pretty. And I, it hurts, man. I hate it. I, I really hate it. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I agree. These games coming up, I just can't stand. We're even playing in them at this point. Like, uh, there, and the fan base will get excited about it if we win by 30. There is nothing good to take from either of these games coming up. There isn't. No. I don't care if. Trey scores 40 again. It does not matter. It doesn't matter how well we shoot the ball against them. They suck. We're going to smoke them, and we're going to learn nothing. The only thing that can come out of them is bad. That said, one of the things that really pissed me off watching that game was Jordan Geronimo came in the game before Malik Renew to, to replace, I think, Race. I mean, he he seems like he's given up on Malik, except for, like, spot minutes here and there. Malik is not being given a chance to now learn the game. And I think Malik has potential to be a dynamic player. I do think that when we were all falling in love with Malik, Ward, you and I talked about this. He was doing a lot of things that I did not think he'd be able to do against good competition. Just using his size to bully guys, just backing guys down and turning over his right shoulder and shooting. That doesn't happen against good guys. But guess what? He's got talent. The only way to learn it is to face those guys and play through it. And we're getting blown out by... 20 he should be playing every minute of those games i don't need to see race thompson in that game i didn't need to see race thompson you know be out there for as many minutes as he was just play Ray, play malik and let's see what we got go with tamar go with jalen go with malik you gotta play trace some obviously but go with it get cj gun some minutes let's see if he can take some of miller cops minutes and play a little bit of the three what the hell at this point especially in these next two games no argument. I, I think what you just said was spot on. And it would be interesting to see. I, I mean, he, he hadn't done it. And I mean, sit some guys down is like, hey, I, even if it, there was times that like you could have a good game and lose the game, like statistically have a good game, but you're held to a higher standard. And, and Woody knows that. It's like, hey, you didn't get other guys. To, I used to get in trouble for not getting other guys ready to play. You know, where he'd be all over me, like, hey, that's your responsibility to get other guys ready to play. And when you have fifth and sixth and seventh year guys that, that no show in Fog Allen Fieldhouse, I they're going to be sitting on their ass the next game. And when you're playing, especially when you're playing a team like this at home, because you said it, we can't get anything from that. And they'll get cheered for, and the place will be half full. And we're ranked. Oh, we're ranked 18th. Hey, a few more games, they're not going to be. Right. Not going to be. We, we start, now we won't because of X's injury, but we start four guys that have 20 years of college basketball experience. That's the number. X, X and Miller. X and Miller in their fifth year. That's 10. Races in his sixth. That's 16. And Trace is in his fourth. 20. 20 oh. years of experience from four guys and against you Rutgers. Law, you could open up a law firm with less experience than that and have plenty of experience. <laughs> and, 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 and there is no sense of leadership um, 
I just, it, it, and, and I will say, look, some of it is clearly on the coaching. And I think we've talked about that. We do not run an offense that is devised to get easy looks for our guys. We run an offense that is devised to get one-on-one games from X taking somebody off a dribble, Trace beating somebody in a post, Race beating somebody in a post, or a double team, and Miller's open for three. That's the offense we run. But I had a really good point to make, and I have no idea what I was now what it was. <laughs> well, we could we could take it right down to the other end of the court because oh, it's great that Trace got nine blocks, but if he wasn't blocking it. They were like you look at the two point field goal percentage and how abysmal ours was, and that that uh, why was this relatively excellent defense last year that now has more experience and more talent doing worse? I I maintain the rankings on the defense are so skewed by the fact that we play in a conference with shitty offenses. And when we play non-conference teams with really good offenses, they smoke us. I, I believe that. I, well, I do and, not and believe our defense is good. I think I agree, and I also think that um, when are are these some of these non-conference games yeah. that we always play, that jacks it up too. We're going to win, you know, eighty-eight to thirty-nine, and 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 then we. You just get a bad, you get a bad brew or a bad mix of, of that. Oh, so I, I know what I, I was going to say. I know what I was going to say. Well, and clearly... just to, to put a button on your point, Eric, I think it's like not only are these better offenses, but they're, they're the Big Ten has very little top end talent. The fact right. that Trace Jackson Davis, before Zach Eady took over as national player of the year candidate, the fact that Trace was maybe the odds on favorite to get it just shows you, you know, what there was one, two five star. One five-star that came, we, we were the one. only one, one that had, yeah, Jalen was the only five-star talent to come into the entire conference this year, and I'm sure Kansas has at least three or four. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Here's In what I was going to say, that clearly it's on coaching for the system, but that does not take away accountability from the players. And I will say this, all year, and Brian, you've said this too, boy, are we good at talking. Are we good at talking from top to bottom? Our athletic department was all on board with the Big Ten preseason championship talk and player of the year talk, and we loved putting out that social media stuff, and we loved talking about how good we were going to be, and it's time, and we love that. And we loved talking, and Trace loved talking about how much he had worked on his shot and how he was going to shoot threes that he worked with NBA guys in the offseason, and he was going to take a bunch of jump shots this year. You'll see. Talk, 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 talk. He doesn't even look at the rim if he is 15 feet out. He doesn't even look at it. He immediately looks at that stupid dribble handoff thing that they do. That That's what he's looking at. He doesn't even attempt to draw the defense out. If he looks at the rim, it's because the guy's six feet off of him and he's going to try to dribble right through him and put up a contested shot. It is. So I, a lot of this is on the players too. And specifically trace who's supposed to be your best player. His game hasn't expanded at all at all. And I, while I get it's on coaching to devise the system, it is on the player to make themselves better. Brian Evans, you made yourself better. I know coach Knight is the greatest coach ever, but he didn't make, 
He could not be the one to make you get in the gym and make your game better, get in better shape, get stronger. You know, you had to do that and make yourself the better. And Victor Oladipo did that. Tom Crean didn't do that for Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo did it. Countless stories of that happening. Trace has not done it. He has not done it. That's on him, isn't it? Hey, I've I've tried to go the route where I've been supportive of him, and, and you know, I started saying, well, why do I care if he makes a jump? Remember I said this a couple weeks ago. If he can get to the rim all the time sure. when we were playing bad teams. But he's proven that he can't get to the rim, and then he gets – I'm telling you, he loses his, his mojo, and I can see it now in his face. Like, I can see it in his eyes. He goes to more of a, a stare and like a – it, it's not the same guy, and, and he doesn't have it. He doesn't walk. His chest isn't up. He's not. It's not the same guy. It's like he knew five minutes in that game, shit was gonna be hard, and and he and then he shows it to his team. I can tell you one thing: going into a place like that, and you're the fifth, you know fourth year senior, you're the leader of the team, even though other guys have played five years or six. Guys are looking to him, and you have to. I want to make damn sure. And by the way. My, I just watched the tape. We didn't have a ton of time. We, we did, the team my last year wasn't a great team. I needed to all those guys to look at me in the locker room before the game going, that dude is ready to ball. He's ready to play. He ain't scared. They have to know that. And I think he looks scared. I think he looks nervous. I think he looks deflated on the court. And what that does, the fallout of that, I think, is just really, really bad. And you're right. He doesn't look at the basket. You know, I'm past that. It, you know, I, I want us to look elsewhere and try to find. I mean, how far are we from having to make decisions like we got to develop other people? Race Thompson has somehow become less athletic. Maybe it's from old age. I don't know. But he he was running and jumping and dunking last year. He's nailed to the ground. He's down in my zip code. Like, well, what happened? You know, Mick Cronin, the coach of UCLA, did say this to me like a year a year or so ago. He said, everybody talks about get old, stay old. You know, that that's the key, get old, stay old. And Mick's like, that is not the saying. He's like, if you get old with unathletic guys, you're going to suck. He's like, in college basketball, if you are a non-athletic, if not a real athletic guy, the older you get, the more unathletic you get, even in college. <laughs> that, that that's, If you have an athlete and you get old with the athlete, the athlete gets stronger, more athletic when he's 22. But an, an unathletic guy at 22 is, is unathletic, very unathletic. He's like, get old, stay old only works if you get the right guys to get old with. To your, yeah, man, I... to your point, Brian, about developing other guys, have you seen that work within a season? Because I don't think anybody is ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater and be like, look, we got to be looking at 23 and 24 now. This season's lost. But when we've seen glimpses of some of these younger guys, do you do you think to be the best team in March, we're we're already at that threshold where it's like not only sitting some of the older guys to to kind of teach them a lesson and light a fire under their ass, but so like no, like if if we get CJ Gunn some real run, Malik some real run, now we might lose a few that we could otherwise have muscled through with our experience, but. But to me, I feel like the hallmark of, of great coaches, and when you look 
even uh, like Izzo's teams traditionally, they lose these games in November, early December, and you're like, oh, Michigan State doesn't have it this year. And I don't watch them unless they're playing us. So I don't know really how he does it. But then by March, they're starting to gel. Like, is it, would you be a champion of like, hey, let's just see what we have over the next 10 or 15 games in the hopes that we actually have something worth a damn by mid-February? You know, the reason that's a tough question to answer is I just don't know that, you know, I'm not seeing them practice. My fear is that after, I know I went too hard on the post-feed thing. My fear is that we're not practicing real hard. And, you know, there's there's something pretty cool about when you, if a coach can create a practice atmosphere, you guys have heard a bunch of players say this from back in the day, practices were harder than games. Yeah. That freaking game they played in was way harder than their practice. I promise you that. And that's not a good thing. You're just that intensity. They couldn't meet the intensity. Intensity couldn't match it. They, they weren't ready to. I'm wondering how hard their practices are. I'm not there. Don't want to go. Never been invited. You know, not going to go. I have no idea on Caleb Banks and CJ Gunn. I've just seen a little bit of them. And, you know, I'm sure when I was a freshman, I played a little bit at this time of the year. It's probably hard to evaluate, know if I was going to, as a fan, know if anyone, if I was going to be any good. I can't tell. I can't tell how close he is to Miller Cop. You know, like, is he breathing down his neck in practice? I get this feeling that Woody just likes his veteran team. It's, you guys, he coached under Larry Brown. He's coached under George Carl some of the assistant positions he's had, I'm, I'm just telling you, those are the most veteran coaches in the league over the last 30 years. They believe in vets. That's just what they do. The vets get all the looks, all the attempts to screw things up. And I see a lot of those same tendencies. It's just like, mm -hmm. we're going to, these are our guys. These are our veteran guys. It's like, no, no, this is college. It's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, I'm Will he do it? I don't. I have no idea if he's going to look and try to play guys. I would love to see the starting lineup change. I would. I think it makes sense to sit guys down and just show, even <laughs> for show, show the fan base that you're pissed at the effort. I mean, that was a shitty effort. I I couldn't agree more. I mean, you, and you've got these two games coming up that you're not going to learn anything for. So bench trace. Put in Malik. And we've seen enough of Malik to know he has talent. We've seen enough of him to know he's got some skill. I, I feel like we've seen enough of him to know that his ceiling is much higher than Race Thompson's. And I, I Race is a good kid and tries hard. But if you want to win, you're going to have to get Malik close to his ceiling this year. Well, he's not going to get it by playing six minutes on the bench. I mean, he's just not. And 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 this team isn't good enough where you go, wow, you got to play these veterans. It's like, I know we beat North Carolina that was shitty, real shitty when we were playing them. And we beat Bulls Gold. Yeah, and we played Xavier in a close game on the road who is just under a first-year coach and trying to figure things out. It, it just feels like I go back to what we said during the Archie years. Like, what are we? What do you know Indiana as? Like, I know last year we had a great defense by the numbers, but like... You don't think of that right now for Indiana. You don't think that they're a great shooting team. You don't think that they're a great transition team. You don't think that they're a great offensive flow team that's just going to get beat you down and pass the ball until they get the matchup that they want. 
Like, what are we? We're, we're back to just not having a real identity, and it sucks. You said something to me from after the Xavier or the uh, Rutgers game that Geo Baker, the former player, yeah, made a couple comments that I I just heard from you. I didn't read it. That you know, no one's scared of Indiana. I mean, they're they're soft. That's true. Okay, that's true. If 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 we have a fan base that doesn't believe that, then we're not a, a high IQ fan base. We, we're dreamers, pretenders. And that's all we're ever going to be. If if there's people that have a problem with me saying that we're soft, that is the epitome of a soft team. It just and if you take Xavier out of it, it got softer. Yeah, well, I I do agree with that. I, I think that Geo Baker set off a narrative that has really taken hold because whether it's be on the message boards or text messages, I'm hearing I feel like secrets out secrets out and that in these last few days and particularly in the aftermath of that game it started to swell after arizona but now it's like well what else is there to describe when you're just not meeting the level of your competition game after game um it's what i think what's most frustrating about this conversation we've we've ventured into a couple new areas but it is very much a rehash of the Arizona conversation. Like, oh, here we go again. It was Brian proven right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the truth. Everything he said came to fruition in the next big game. Um, I did want to throw out something different that Brian, I know, will love. Um, one of the things I was curious about was just seeing the game day experience of another Blue Blood, a high-end team. So if you look to listen to Indiana fans tell it, and we've had some of these arguments, Ward, where we came on the side of progressive, new uh, um, experiences. Everybody in Indiana talks about, oh, well, we've got to wrap the fan base around the whole bowl to have the home court advantage that, like, Cameron has. Like, we've got to do that. Kansas has fans behind both baskets. That's where students sit, the student section. Behind the baskets. Shitty seats. Okay? Except for free throws. Like shitty seats. That's where the, the students are. There's no DJ at Kansas, at Lawrence, Kansas. There was no DJ. They played a couple little videos that they did that were cool videos where they made fun of Indiana in a way and kind of owned it, and it got the crowd laughing and fired up. They recognized older players. They made sure at a, at a timeout to focus on like a handful of former Kansas players. There was no like crazy modern game day experience you know what they do to help the game day experience they win they play good basketball they're good year after year and they don't give a shit about that other stuff and the crowd loves it because crowds love winning that's what they love and so we've focused on all those other things because our team's been shit so we've had to focus on with a shit team, how do you get the crowd involved? Oh, well, we need, you know, we need to get the students better seats. We need to get the students better music that they like. We got to get away from the pep band. We got to do all this other bells and whistles stuff, all because we don't win enough. And if we won enough, it wouldn't matter. They could have the pep band playing the IU fight song 40 times a game. It wouldn't matter if we won. And so I just, it was a little eye-opening that, it felt like a, 
crazy fun environment for those fans without a lot of the bells and whistles that we've been talking about were necessary to create a good environment. The best thing for a good environment is put a good goddamn product on the court. There's my rant for the week. That's mic drop right there, man. You're, you're spot on. You finally come back around because you were singing a different tune and I appreciate you for acknowledging it. And I, I just, I, you know, there's something nostalgic about what we have. We've got a cool building. So do they, we've got a great fan base. So do they, and you know, you don't need to get too far away from what you've done for a long time to keep that fan base excited. Duke Duke rips the roof off. They play the loudest music ever. It works in that place. And it was fun. Had a good, you know, game experience there. I don't think you need to chase down her, but you know what I want to find? I got a project for you guys. Who is running our social media? Who is the person doing it? Is it a college student? Is it someone that's under 22? What they find out who it is, man. That's insane. We sit here after we play like that, and I, I have to get on social media and see Trace past Damon Bailey and Kent Benson. I almost jumped off the roof of my house to my desk. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how disgusted I am by that person. What are you doing? No one gives a shit. We play like we care about that. We play like we're trying to get Trace another basket. He's going to pass Damon. What? We have convinced what ourselves. What are we doing? You're, Brian, it's a good point. It's worthy of a conversation. We have convinced ourselves that the only way to get the players that we need to compete at the highest levels is to celebrate individual achievement, you know, show that we're behind them 100% on an individual level, that, you know, that play up the NBA stuff, individual, 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 that we have decided that that is a means to an end of showing the top players that we can be a home for the top players because our top players excel that. And, and I could intellectually buy that argument to be true. Well, I, I mean, we're not winning. Well, I mean, like, we're not winning at the level we need to. And here's what I'll say in terms of like strategy and what the social media team is there for. When we were getting that footage of thousands of IU fans in the MGM grand cheering our team on like crazy people that we heard from those inside the program, not just the social media department that, and, and even from, from people in the uh, journalistic realm, we'll say that recruits eat that stuff up and they probably didn't even know what the score ended up being of the game that these kids today in high school, trying to figure out where they're going to go sad as it might be, are more into that kind of hype and hoopla than they are, well, okay, but did, did the team win? Is it is it a winning team? And then if you're an assistant coach and you're spinning it, like, look, look at this incredible fan base. Oh, by the way, we really need you to now deliver on the winning part of it. And clearly any recruits is look at these crazy ass fans. And this team hasn't been any kind of a contender since I can remember. 
imagine if I go and they're going to clearly have minutes for me because I did look at that last score and they lost by 20. Okay. So I think if you're the social media department, you're just trying to polish the turd at all times. Like that's your directive. You're not going to go out there and be like, Hey, we actually, we're not very good. Like that'll never happen. Eric, you got to watch. It brings me to the point. You got to watch the the tape because it was so hard to watch for, I mean, now we're so horrible. Vital's doing the game. Oh my God. Like Terrible. it was, you, you know what I'm done with? I, I, I can't ever listen to him again. I mean, again, he reminds me of my childhood watching IU and great teams sure. like the voice and I, he recovered from cancer. It's great. It's great. You know, I'm happy he's living all that stuff. Him doing games. They here's I'm, I'm done with. We're what are we? Eight and four now? Eight and three? Eight and three. So we are, this guy, didn't show up. Trace did not show up to the game. We are 18 minutes into the first half. The dude has done nothing except turn the ball over and got a shot blocked twice and, and try to catch in the post like he's Barkley. And Dick Vitale has done nothing except talked about preseason All-America. I am so – it's not preseason. We are in the guts of the season. These announcers are so bad. They're sitting there talking about preseason Big Ten Player of the Year. Guess what? That's a joke. That it's already been won sailed. by Zach Eady. It's gone. Quit talking about it. Hey, you know what? You know what he's not going to be? A postseason All-American. Start talking <laughs> about that. Well, I, and I maybe the biggest, you. like, right away, just the desire to mute it and find a stream of Don Fisher was – and and this is just petty and me wanting any kind of little victory we can get, but he's like Fog Allen Fieldhouse, second best venue in college basketball, only behind Cameron Indoor. Doesn't even mention Assembly Hall. I was like, you can't, you know, eh, we don't have much right now, Dick. At least mention us in the conversation. Yeah, and Ward, I do want to say on your, I think you're right that the social media team is just trying to polish the turd, but I do think that like, it is indicative of like, we don't have a fully fleshed out program right now. We've got Woody who runs the basketball team. We've got the athletic department that does their own thing on marketing and social media. And it it's just, and it's trying not integrated. To thing. It's not an integrated run by one person program. Because if it was, I do think you do not send out a congratulatory post after you get your asses kicked on national TV. You don't do it. Wait five days. Wait till after we play Elon and what Manchester right. United just, or whoever the hell it, we're playing. Yeah. It's just, it's, I mean, I, listen, I, I'm sick of it. Cause it's every game. It's every, it's like, that's what we're all about. We're individuals and we play like individuals and then they update us like they're all individuals. And I, I hear what you're saying about recruits. I totally get it. But but we're we're overdoing it. We're making that who we are. It's like, hmm. hey, he's climbing up the rank. He's like, okay, he's been here a long time. He's played a lot of games. We've been <laughs> shitty. Somebody, here's what I tell you: somebody scores twenty on the Clippers, they have a leading score, and they suck. Right. It, it so it doesn't. I mean, yeah, he's been on some really bad teams, and he was a good player on bad teams, and I just have a problem even celebrating and watching past some iconic names, but guess what they did? They won. They were on teams with other good players. I'm just sick of it. I agree. And, and you have to win. Like I, there's been a lot of conversation lately about, Oh, I saw this online. There's no doubt. This is a quote. There's no doubt. Trace is an all time. Great. Really? 
I mean, statistically, I know where he's going to end up, and it's hard to argue it, you know, statistically. But I do believe you have to win to get that moniker at Indiana. Yogi Ferrell statistically is way up there. Yogi went to two Sweet 16s and won two Big Ten championships and was part of the number one team in the country. And that is like the least amount that anybody on the all-time greats list has won. If you want to be an all-time great in Indiana, you can take your individual statistics and shove them straight up your ass. You have to win basketball games. You have to impact winning basketball games in a major way. And if he does not do that, no. No one at Indiana is an all-time great if you don't win, period. Hey, let me tell you something. We are celebrating his stuff. Ten times more than we, we celebrated Calvert Chaney for becoming the all-time leading scorer at IU and then become the all-time leading scorer in the history of the Big Ten with a record that stays the same. He got a, a slap on the back, and they handed him a ball, which I couldn't believe Coach even did that. We have gone flying over to the other side, you know, and you I know agree. what? And part of that is not it's, just Indiana. Part well, of that is modern sports, right? Wouldn't well, you agree, Brian? But that's not just Indiana. That's where sports have gone, which I don't love. I mean, I, I loved it when it was about the name on the front, right? Uh, but well, And look, when you're talking about impacting winning and somebody who does not get the love he deserves, that's Don Schlunt. Oh, <laughs> uh, well... <laughs> It's been nice, and now we're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up our call. It's been a great time. <laughs> All right, Brian. Well, we appreciate having you on again. I'm really, I mean, I will say you you, you pissed off a lot of people last week by with your honesty, but I got so many comments over the last 40, uh, 48 hours now from people that are like, whoa, Brian hit it right on. Everything he said was true during the Arizona game. Everything. And it just seems like what did I say? Like you said that via text. Like what did I say that was so on point that happened in this game? The way that they they operate with Trace, the way that the way that we don't really run an offense, you know that that kind of stuff. And and I think that people really responded to after thinking about it, like this team hasn't done anything to earn the right to do the silly press conference stuff. And that kind of shit. I think that the more we lose against elite talent, the more that pisses people off. Dude. And look, and I'll throw it out there too. Woody held a golf tournament in Vegas, you know, an individual golf tournament that had nothing to do with Indiana and nothing to do with NIL. And there were a lot of people that raised their eyebrows about that before it happened. Brian, do you think coach Knight, after getting boat raced against Arizona would have taken the day off? at a for-profit golf tournament when Kansas was coming up a few days later? You guys, I mean, this is so much different that, I mean, he's doing his own thing. You know, I, I, I'll tell you where I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. The low point of last year's season for me, and I think it was a miracle what happened after this. I, I, I do. I think it was a miracle. And it, and then we've got to spend six months, you know, being excited about what happened at the very end. I was so deflated and unimpressed and uninspired by so many things that we were doing last year after that Ohio State game on the road. That, to me, I was like, oh, my gosh, we're terrible. We're not well coached. We're not, we're not prepared. We couldn't inbound the ball. I mean, we were calling timeouts and, and then running a play and getting a five-second call. 
turning it over. Those things are all reflect on, on the coaching staff and the leadership. Uh, somehow we, you know, we caught fire in that Michigan game and then wrote it a little bit. If it wasn't for that, what would we be talking about right now? No, I mean, look, this, played, this is not good. No, we played a great half, the second half against Michigan. We played two very good halves against Illinois. Got to give them credit. And then we played an Iowa team and to the buzzer that ended up getting eliminated, I think, in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And they also didn't win. Yeah, no, sorry. In the in the in the um in the NCAA tournament, they lost in the first round. They weren't that good, it turns out, against other competition. But we, that was it. The rest of the year, we were nine and eleven in the Big Ten. We well, were nine and eleven in the Big Ten with largely the same team we have now, with the exception of Jalen Huchifino. I won't even say Malik because Malik for the last what number of games, six, seven games, hasn't doesn't even play, doesn't even yeah. play enough to make an impact. It's the same team. It's damning. And so. you know what? What the, the only thing that might really help us is just the, I, I I really have watched enough now. The Big Ten's not very good, and I, I really don't think they are. And I and I think that's gonna you know, I think we'll have a better record than nine and eleven. I, I think we're gonna lose a lot of games in the Big Ten, boys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm worried about it. I mean, look, if this team does not go 13 and seven or better, it's a really disappointing season. Really disappointing. I have to agree. And and I don't see how we get to 13 wins in the Big Ten with the way we're playing. Well, I tell me, don't. hey, just you guys shoot me some feedback. I know you guys have your secret channels of people that talk smack. I want to hear what they're saying about today. Well, we'll find out. We'll find look, out, Brian. Not enough that I'm going to look for myself. Just tell me. All right. <laughs> we'll tell you. We'll tell there you. is there is no doubt that you sharing your your vision because you you just watch a game and you see it with more knowledge and more understanding than we all do um and so that we thank you for and i don't know if it's more reassuring or depressing that you're seeing the same thing as us which is what the hell are we doing out there yeah yeah all right well thanks fellas thanks for having me it's good to chat and uh, we'll do it again soon all right brother be good that was our guest that was a guest. I want to see the IU fire fan base get fired up about what he had to say this week. I mean, we're as fired up as he is, truthfully. I mean, we're as look, you're as you're as pessimistic right now as you've been in a year and a half. That's the truth. Yeah, I think that's fair to say because it it's it's just getting redundant already. It was like Rutgers. Oh, that's that's not good. Okay. Um, well, hopefully that was an outlier. Outlier. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. and no oh, now now and I remember sending this text to to group chain you were on during the first half of Arizona game. It's like we're not even in their league. And then you're like, well, but, but they they're they're really they're up there as far as having this huge skilled talented uh front court. Uh, th there's not many teams in the country like that. Uh, we match up better against Kansas. Nope. So whether it's Rutgers or Kansas or Arizona it's the same result and and you just know very early on that we're not going to win this game we're not going to come close to winning this game and we got we got a little tease by arizona but i think that always gets 
um, misconstrued because you're using so much energy to try to claw back into the game. And they're also relaxing and their focus is going down because they just are controlling you. And then when they realize, oh, we're endangering this thing, they turn it back on and it's back up in double digits. So I don't think there can be any IU fan who's watched these last four games and thought, no, 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 we we could we could still live up to the preseason expectations. And I know there are plenty of people now saying, well, I never bought into the expectations. Well, guess what? I did. And I think a lot of other people did too. And because, you know, we're IU fans and we all don the crimson glasses from time to time. But after all this empirical evidence, it's like we have to improve in some significant way that we've seen no evidence for to come close to those expectations. So let's get back to maybe some fun stories about the weekend. By all means, let's wash ourselves from the cold, hard, dark reality of what happens on the court. As I said to you earlier, where I sat and where one of the goons sat with me, it switched at halftime. First, it was John the goon. Then it was Steve the goon. We were in the parent section. For the last three minutes of the game, I held Tamar Bates's baby. Well, that was a, a cute picture. I had to do it to just give me something good. Ah, yeah. I see, just, this was like me holding my children last week. It helps, right? It did. I just, I was focused on her. She's adorable. She's got headphones on to protect the noise. Uh, her, her grandmother, Tamar's mom, is right next to me. We're having a conversation. I'm playing the little cheek game. There's nothing better than other people's babies because I don't have to take care of them. Don't have to right? change They're the, the diaper. Best. Right. Yep. So that was the last three minutes of the game, and then the game ended, and no one in the parent section looked like they wanted to leave. Steve the goon wanted to leave. Um, Steve the goon wanted to leave when the other goons left, which was with about six and a half minutes left in the game. They left. I they get went to the it. bar. I get it. I couldn't leave, and now I'm holding the baby, and no one wants to take the baby. <laughs> so Steve is like, let's go. He's like, I'm going to leave you. I'm like, no, you can't leave me. We got to stay. Ultimately, I gave the baby back. She's adorable and such a good baby. We then walked back to the bar, the wheel, where we had been the night before, where we where you told people to gather uh, before the game, and where the other goons were waiting for us. The walk from the game back there was treacherous it was again the only hill in kansas we traversed 17 times while there <laughs> and I, i'm like there was like a pathway to walk and steve is like no 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 i'm looking at my gps we gotta we we should just cut over this giant mountain we should just <laughs> spelunk up this thing and then we'll be right there so I'm sweating. It's cold and I'm sweating, which is an awful feeling. And we finally get to the bar. It's way too packed. I didn't want to be around that. I was hungry. We finally found a place called the Burger Stand. The Burger Stand had a giant bar where you could order food. And then tons of uh, tables in restaurant, uh, tables like in a restaurant. We sat down. Goons all ordered drinks. They were promoting milkshakes. Mm. That's like a big thing that they do at the burger stand. Okay. And if you open the menu, the first page of the menu is alcoholic milkshakes. Oh, Like yeah. that's their thing, right? Yeah, they had those in Vegas, we noticed. Uh-huh. Cliff, who's already blitzed at this point, leans forward to ask the bartender, 
do you put alcohol in the milkshakes? Guys, like, you just open the menu. I mean, like, it is what we do. So we're watching the Colts game, thinking oh. of you. They're killing them. The game is over. You're up 33 nothing. You're up 36 to seven. This game's over. But then something weird happens. John and, and Mike Labrette put a live bet on Houston to basically come back. Yeah. Uh, you not you mean Minnesota? Sorry. Minnesota to come oh, back. Yeah. Now, I think they just had to lose by 10 or less at that point, and then they would have won. But I'm like, no, the Colts are going to win this game, clearly. I mean, they're up by too many points. And every time I look back at the TV, there was another touchdown scored for mm -hmm. Minnesota. And then it was like, comes to the end of the game, and it was like, Minnesota, I think, even had to punt or something near the end of the game, where I was like, all right, well, it's over now. Clearly, it's over. And then Indianapolis did something stupid and mm -hmm. terrible, mm -hmm. and Minnesota won the game. And all of us were collectively like, there is no angrier person in the world right now than Ward Roberts. To go from that Kansas game to, to this game, I mean, I really was worried about your mental health. You all could not have been any more wrong really as i was packing to drive out to joshua tree during the second half of the indiana game keeping an eye on the colts game because the colts season is effectively over and and you're already in can we lose enough to have a shot at the two or three legitimate quarterback prospects in the draft Sure. This is not a team that has any shot at the playoffs, despite being in one of the worst divisions in NFL football history. Yeah, mathematically, they're still alive, but this is this is a team going nowhere. So I'm keeping an eye on the game, but also I haven't seen my mom in a while. It's a limited engagement out there, and I'm like, I'm I'm not I'm not going to watch the Colts lose this game. I think at the point we were getting ready to leave, it was, it was like 24 to seven. It was, it was a very, no, it couldn't have been 24 to seven. Wait, cause you were, you were up 30, 30 to nothing. Yeah, it was 30. It, it was, uh, it wasn't quite 30. It wasn't quite halftime. Okay. But a good friend of mine, fraternity brother, Steve lateral, who was in Las Vegas with us. And, and, and he was updating a text chain with fraternity brothers that he drove his family from Indianapolis to Minnesota to watch the Colts Vikings game. And so of course he knows what was going on with the Kansas game. And, and I texted this out right before halftime, I go, and I worded this very carefully. I'm reading it right now. Rough sports day thus far for the Lats fam. Next text, which I followed with immediately. The good news is the Colts are a horrible football team and the Vikings could absolutely still win. Well, you were prescient. And then, and then I got the family in the car, started driving. You tried to FaceTime me. I, I'm like, I'm disengaged from everything while I'm going 75 miles an hour on the freeway. Makes sense. Makes sense. Smart move. We arrive in Joshua Tree, and I see that the Colts have given away the largest comeback in NFL history. And I couldn't help but laugh. 
And yes, had I sat there and watched it happen, it would have been terribly upsetting because like any true fan, you're you're watching that and you want your team to win no matter what logic tells you is the better long-term scenario. But since I had this emotional distance from it actually happening, I was like, wow, we are creeping towards a top 10 draft pick right now. And with the amount of, of just complete gut-wrenching, heart-ripping-out um, depression that comes with a loss like that, you can't imagine this Colts team wins another game. Thus, maybe our quarterback of the future is going to be upon us in a few short months. So did the goons the, the win significant money? Did that end up being like a real... Yeah, they won the bet. Good bet for them. They were yeah, very happy about so that I'm, bet. I'm glad somebody won out of that. That and Lat's family came out winners on Saturday. So while that game is going on, the goons continue to drink. At a certain point, and also IU fans throughout the bar, our good friend Dr. Knabel, Dr. K, shows oh, up there. with his son. Nice. He was there. I tried to steal his milkshake and do a bit on it. Didn't work out that well. Um, and I'm at the bar. Steve Goon is sitting next to me. On the other side of him is Cliff and Labrette. And to my left is John. And at some point, Steve just leans over to me and goes, they, uh, they cut Cliff off. <laughs> I go, what do you mean? They, they won't serve him any more alcohol. I'm like, and I looked over at Cliff, and Cliff's just got that goofy grin on his face. He's super happy. He looks a little gone. I'll sure. be honest. Not a little. He was, a, he was gone. And I'm like, what? And I got, like, offended by it. I'm like, did they give a reason? Steve goes, he said, uh, he said, uh, we got to get some food in you before you have any more drinks. So I'm like, I got to get to the bottom of this. So I go, hey, excuse me, to the bartender. Go, Did you cut off my friend? And, and it cut off everybody as a result of it. Like, wasn't allowing any of the goons to drink. Okay. I'm like, did you cut him off? He's like, yeah, uh, we're, a re- we're a fine restaurant here. A restaurant? You took a children's drink and put alcohol in it. You've alcoholic milkshakes are your thing. And you're worried about some guys getting drunk. Like that's what you do when you put alcohol in milkshakes. Like it was, he goes, well, you guys are being very loud. You're a sports bar. We were cheering, like, like going nuts with the Colts game. Like it was just big moments. And he's like, I'm like, you've got football. And he goes, we are a restaurant. And now at this point, I feel like he's being condescending to us. And now I feel like I have to stick up for the group. And he's like, I'm like, you have football on. You're a bar serving alcoholic milkshakes. He goes, well, I can change the channel. And I think I said something like, I don't give a fuck if you turn on HGTV. Something (laughs) like that. I was upset. And we took off. We're like, we're not giving this person any more business. Fair. Now, granted, they were probably going to kick us out, but we left. We were very upset. You broke and all up we with could them. talk about was that this was the first time the goons have ever been cut off, which is shocking. Really? Well, definitely has never happened in Bloomington. <laughs> A so real party school. We leave that. Well, the thing that sucked is we had all ordered burgers and chicken sandwiches, and it took like an hour, and we never got them. So when LeBrett told them to close out the bill, he's like, close out the bill. We're leaving. But make sure none of that food is on that bill. (laughs) So we leave. We go to a place called Jefferson's, which is advertised as burgers, wings, oysters. Oh, 
Kansas oysters. Kansas. Maybe if it's Rocky Mountain oysters. Yeah, I know. I think it's. Oh wait, I'm gonna check because I did take a picture. I just want to make sure it is burgers, wings, oysters. I'm sorry, wings, burgers, oysters. That is the official subtitle of Jefferson's. Went in there. We ordered everything fried on the menu. Cheese sticks, cheese curds, wings, jalapeno poppers. Sit down. The woman who was waiting on us was awesome. They gave us a table. The jalapeno poppers come to the table. Lebrett grabs a jalapeno pepper directly out of the deep fat fryer and just go... And it sets his head on fire again. <laughs> We're all, we all see the steam rising up from the jalapeno peppers and let them sit. Lebret right into the mouth. The cheese again, like comes out of his face. Like it's like, it looked like uh, Indiana Jones and the Ark when the Nazi's face melts. Sure, sure. That's what the cheese looked like. And all he did was put it back in his mouth. Well, this at this point, he's got scar tissue from the pizza, so he yeah, can't even exactly. feel it. This became a common theme. He has no food heat regulator in his body. None. <laughs> so we go to town, have a great time there. Another guy hooked up with us, a Hoosier fan, talked IU. We were upset. Kansas fans were honestly very gracious and nice. Uh, and then uh, we split off a little bit. I went to go smoke a cigar with Labrette at the Cigar Lounge. Mm. There's a little cigar lounge there. And when I say cigar lounge, it's the back of a cigar store where in the cigar store, I believe, was a homeless man mm. and the guy who runs it, who also could have been mistaken for a homeless man. LeBret and I sit down and start to play chess and smoke a cigar. And that's when I realized I was not going to make it back to the hotel room. Oh, no. So all, much, so much cheese and fried food. And it all wanted to come out. Great. So LeBret thought it was hilarious because I like I took off my jacket, I folded it nicely, <laughs> I unzipped my hoodie, and I just went into the bathroom, which is attached to the cigar lounge. It's like there's no hiding, right? <laughs> and I went in there and defiled that place for 25 minutes. Oh boy. Brett just loved that I, all of my clothes were basically off, neatly appointed, <laughs> like it was a ritual. He's when been it, there. Finish that. Met up with the guys back at the hotel where the UCLA Kentucky game was on. And you and my, you and me, little known secret, we do root for UCLA because we've met Mick Cronin and like him and Michael Lewis coach there. I I root for them less now since Michael left. I I still have good feelings. I I certainly would have been rooting for them in that game, but when when Michael left, I, I took it down a notch. That's fair. And I did too. But when they're playing against Kentucky, I ratchet it back up. Oh, I'm with you. Um, so we're watching the game at the hotel bar. And we're drinking. Mike Labrette's to my right. Goon, John, Cliff, and Steve are on my left, all having a good time. They order a drink. They get cut off again. <laughs> this is second. We, we're looking around like, what? They, and we were not being belligerent. Now, I will say that Cliff decided that it would be a good idea to say to a guy who was like 6'8", a really big guy who was like 6'8", 6'9", he did turn to him at one point and said, hey, are you a horse jockey? <laughs> that wasn't a great moment, and they cut us off. 
So we're like, what in the world is happening? Cut off twice. Head out to another bar down the street, the Red Lion, which is like a crazy horse kind of vibe. Sure. Enjoyed each other's company there. John was gone. I mean, just blitzed beyond <laughs> repair. Gone. Uh, hanging out. LeBrett and I went and got ramen next door. Wow. Like, nothing like chasing some fried food with some ramen. <laughs> well, and you've got room now. Yeah, exactly. I had to reload. Lots of IU fans there. Really fun to just kind of connect to people again. Very Vegas-like, Ward, where you're just happy to be around people. Let me and ask then, you this. Let, let me ask yeah. you this. Yeah. Because I, I saw more than one mention of it on the internet, and it concerns me. And I feel like we we can do our part here to help this, that... I heard how gracious and friendly and curious Kansas fans were hosting us in their their sacred space. Um, but I heard that a few IU fans were not so gracious and and that there were a few reports of IU fans being obnoxious. And I didn't see those. I'm glad to hear that, but I would like to put it out there that if you or anybody you know are one of those fans, stop it. Be cool. And when Kansas comes to Bloomington next year, let's let's be as cool and gracious with those fans as they they were with us. Because, look, they have many decades at this point that they can just hang on our head and they could just really disparage us and tear us apart. Um, But by all accounts, they were very gracious, cool hosts. So let's let's when we go on the road and we do these things. And to me in Vegas, uh, I didn't witness any firsthand accounts of people being real obnoxious to Arizona fans. So I thought that was encouraging and how we should represent ourselves. But for the, the the vocal minority that have caused a few people to mention it, stop it. And if you see somebody do it, say, stop it. Yeah, I I didn't see that. Um, I mean, unless we were the obnoxious Indiana well, fans. You know, I mean. I, we got I, along with everybody. We We were hanging out. The, the the people behind us were huge Kansas fans, you know, at the game. Talked to them. They were great. We had good conversation. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, totally agree with you. The night we, ended for me. Sorry, I was going to say, go ahead. if we can't beat them, let's at least be cool with them. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. They have three national championships since we won our last one. Yeah. Three. Yeah. So... The night ended for us at a bar called Logies, which I would say is kind of like their KOK. Their Yogis? <laughs> no, it seems like it should be, but yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's like their Kilroys. And at a certain point around 10, 30, 11 o'clock, I was too tired. It was time for me to leave, go back to the apartment or go back to the hotel, get ready for the la- the last morning afternoon in Kansas. Head home to the hotel, fall asleep, good night of sleep, get up the next morning, light up a cigar, walk Massachusetts Street, do a live Twitter, just keeping getting uh, kept company by Indiana fans on Twitter, and meet the guys for breakfast at The Roost, which is like their village deli. Okay. Really good food, where I then start to ask the goons, what happened last night? Like, what? when did you... And, and most of them said, you know, we weren't that behind you. Like, you know, half an hour later, we were back. But not all of them said that. <laughs> Let me guess. No, uh, don't don't say it. Okay. Don't say it. Okay. Don't say it. 
But the one goon whose night didn't end there, when I said, well, what happened with your night? He said, I ended up at a house party in South Park. (laughs) What? (laughs) What do you mean? He said he went to a bar that we weren't at together. He went to a different bar. As he said, met a girl. She invited him to a house party. Nothing weird happened with the girl, but went to this house party in Lawrence, Kansas, where a lot of weird stuff was happening. And ultimately, he just had to get the hell out of there and call an Uber. But then when we dug a little bit more, we said, like, what was the girl like? She was older. What does that mean? How old was she? She was in her 50s. (laughs) Now, as this story is being told at breakfast, the rest of the goons just kept eating their pancakes and sausage. I was freaking out. I was like, (laughs) what? You ended up at a house party of 50-year-olds? Local Kansas people? (laughs) That is nuts. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. The rest of the goons, nonplussed. They got it. (laughs) They understood. They knew that this was normal. Nothing happened at that party, ostensibly. But the night ended for him in an Uber back from South Park. I I love it. It's it's Gonzo. It's Hunter S. Thompson. You know, he's going there and he's really, he's embedding himself with the culture. I appreciate that. We get in the... um, we get in the car. We head to Kansas Airport, Kansas City Airport. We uh, get out of the shuttle. And in the shuttle, John, who was 42 sheets from the wind the night before, looked like he was going to vomit everywhere. Oof. And there was this Asian woman and her daughter sitting next to him. And the Asian woman just kept looking at him. And ultimately, finally, at one point, saw that he was about to throw up and got up and moved to the other side of her daughter so that the daughter was in the firing line. (laughs) He made it to the airport. The Kansas City airport is the worst airport I've ever been in. Really? It must have been the first airport ever built. Hmm. And then everybody realized, yeah, this is not the way to do it. It was like, like Charles Lindbergh flew in and out of there. Yeah. You walked into the Delta terminal, into the terminal, get through security, there are only two toilets for the entire terminal. Okay, Not good. Not good. By the way, this entire day, I'm like, I'm getting sick, I think. I'm getting more and more sick. Mm. By the time I landed in Los Angeles, I was sick as a dog, snotting everywhere, you know, which is not where you want to be on a plane. And no. I'm sure the people next to me didn't like that either. We're Took thrilled. a test for COVID right when I got home. Do not have COVID. It was Hanukkah celebrated Hanukkah with my kids. And if that wasn't, if the game wasn't a kick in the nuts enough, if getting sick wasn't a kick in the nuts enough, my mother is a saint and she spends all year planning for Hanukkah. She buys gifts for everybody, all of her grandkids, for me, for my sister, my brother, for Holly, for Mandy, for everybody. And she codes them throughout the year and then creates a key that tells you when are you supposed to open the gift? On what night do you open what gift? Sure. It's a whole ordeal. She ships all the gifts. UPS said they delivered five boxes of gifts to Mandy for the kids. Only one box made it. So we thought UPS screwed it up. 
a son of a bitch criminal stole four boxes and we have it on camera. Ugh. Stole Hanukkah gifts from kids, which is what's going around a lot. Christmas gifts at this time of the year. Thieves are just going to people's houses and stealing them. And so I come home with this video that Mandy had gotten from her neighbor's ring camera that shows the boxes being stolen right in the middle of the day. Within an hour of being delivered, the guy stole them. So that's how my Kansas trip ended. Hanukkah with no gifts, probably canceled, maybe COVID, at least a cold, and Indiana basketball right in the shit house that it's been in for way too much of our adult lives. Happy holidays, everybody. Look, man, I... I escaped all that madness. I went out to the high desert, Joshua tree, crystals in the ground, magical atmosphere, healing. It was healing. Could put all that sports disappointment behind me. Quality time with the family, you know, Christmas music jam session, good food, fireplace, playing games. And then, you know, so with this newfound Zen driving back into the greater Los Angeles area. We're about we're about halfway back, and I'm I'm like okay. I've I've got to edit my my wife's podcast when we get, but still it's back to work. But at least we're going to be home. You know, four forty five, no problem. At going about seventy five miles per hour on the ten freeway, there's an explosion, and my wife and I just whoa, and 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 kind of looking towards my wife because I'm driving. I can see in the rearview mirror by her the passenger side mirror uh uh what was left of a tire rolling down the freeway i was like <laughs> we just blew a tire and, and so, so so now now we're going like 75 to 70 to 65 you know and like trying to maintain control of the car while hitting the hazards i see there's a minivan behind us they throw on their hazards so they kind of help get us over to the side but there's no shoulder and, you know, you've got these assholes coming back from Palm Springs in Las Vegas going a million miles an hour. I got two kids in the backseat and I can't see out the back because it's all stuffed with our shit we took out to the desert. So I battle the car down the ramp and I turn into this abandoned lot. Keep in mind, I already have to pee so bad. Yeah, yeah. So we're like, oh, OK, everybody's OK. We survived. OK, no problem. And then we proceed to be on hold with AAA for 45 minutes. Oh, my God. The vehicle they send does not have a spare tire because our Kia Nero apparently I dug underneath the trunk in the secret compartment. I guess they just don't come with little spare tires. We have to wait for a second AAA, this time tow truck, to take us to Highland, California, which I hadn't heard of. Now, I had to put my wife, my children, and our dog into an Uber because we couldn't all pile into the truck. Apparently, as the Uber driver drops my wife and children off at uh, Zapata's Tire Repair, the only place open at 6 o'clock on a Sunday night, keep in mind it's 35 degrees, and he tells my wife, as his, his parting wisdom is, don't leave this place. Stay here. Don't don't leave the premises and then drives away. So she's sitting there while I'm having a conversation about sort of the the Batman catalog uh, with the tow truck driver. <laughs> Great guy gets us to Zapata's. My wife and children are at a picnic bench outside in 35 degree weather because there's no indoor seating area. As we come in with the car that I'm like, is this can this rim even take a tire? But the people at Zapata's were great. There was a gentleman uh, 
about is the it, same height as a new sponsor of our podcast. I, I'll talk to him about it. I gave him <laughs> a, a, a great Yelp review. Um, uh, this gentleman who, uh, as as I approached, same height as my eight year old son. He comes up to me, goes, "Hi, I'm Shorty. We'll take care of you." And I was like, great. "Awesome, great." And so Shorty and the team at Zapata's is a. Z- Zapata's yeah it's it's like the Mexican revolutionary they got us in and out of there in 20 minutes two new tires because the front one was pretty bald too so we got home uh safe and sound but not without serious adrenaline and drama and delay and it did feel kind of like okay well it was nice to pretend like everything was okay for a few hours out in the desert but all the reality of of not only you know a blown a tire at 75 miles per hour but then i did i started thinking about the indiana hoosiers and the colts it all came flooding back in all the bad feelings came back um so thank god we have this podcast to vent it and not and not take it out on our 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 families so let's just recap almost canceled before the trip even gets started Horrible performance that makes us question everything about Indiana basketball and the direction of the program. For sure. Colts with the worst loss in the history of the NFL from a quantitative standpoint, giving up the biggest comeback ever. It's a really old league. Yeah, really old league. (laughs) Worst. They play a lot of games. Yeah. They play a lot of games. I mean, what are there, 30 teams? Yeah. By by the way, 32, eradicating uh, the last greatest comeback of all time, which was orchestrated at quarterback by the head coach we just fired since that was for buffalo bills right yes reich led the greatest comeback in oilers i believe yeah yeah exactly and so and we found out today that he texted kirk cousins after the game oh just pour salt (laughs) in that wound baby Yeah, yeah all right so that's awful get kicked out and cut off from two bars twice in in lawrence kansas uh Oh, I need to pause here because something happened in Kansas that a couple Indiana fans told me they did that to me is worse than what you were talking about with them acting obnoxiously. A couple Indiana fans told me, one showed me, that they went into a Kansas merchandise store and bought a shirt that says, Fog Allen, don't worry, no one wins here. Are you kidding me that you're going to give Kansas money? You're going to take your hard-earned money and spend it on a piece of merchandise that benefits Kansas University? That is unacceptable behavior as an Indiana fan. Unacceptable. Do you agree with me here? I think it's gross. It's gross. It is disgusting. Okay. Almost canceled. Terrible Indiana loss that makes us question the direction of the program. Worst loss in the history of the NFL by the Indianapolis Colts. Picked out of two bars. Develop a really bad cold that might be some new strain of COVID. And you blow out or tire going 75 miles an hour, risking your entire family's life. What a fucking weekend. Why why are we smiling? (laughs) Because you know what, Ward? I wouldn't trade it for anything. Oh, I would. Yeah, I'd trade it for a winning program. (laughs) Um, I got to tell you, man, it was a really fun weekend, and it was another weekend that kind of extended the love that we felt at Vegas. Being around that many Indiana fans in Lawrence, Kansas, being a visible and audible presence on a home, in a a hostile home environment like, or hostile road environment like KU, was very cool. 
our basketball team isn't elite. We aren't close. We've got a long way to go. Um, but man, Hoosier faithful are special. And as you said, not to get into it too far, but as you said before this podcast even started to me, we deserve better. We deserve better. We're the number one fan base in the country. We should at least have a top 10 team at this point. I agree with you. Well, let's just beat the shit out of two really bad teams this week and then talk about it next week. And by the way, it's Christmas time. So Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Happy Hanukkah to everybody out there. Uh, hopefully you are happy and healthy and with your families and get to celebrate it with the ones you love. And hopefully no common criminal stands outside your door and steals all of your gifts because Santa didn't come down our chimney this year. <laughs> Hanukkah Harry dropped some stuff off, but he didn't stick around to make sure you got it. No, just I don't, thieving Theo came by and took it all. So, uh, but it was a really fun weekend to be around a bunch of IU fans. Really fun to be with the goons. Don't get that much time to hang out with them ever. Uh, Got to see Evan Martin and Matt Osgood hang out with them. Dr. Knable, Tim Gaughan, got to spend some time with Tim Gaughan, who we met um, in Bloomington at the Fan Fest weekend, which was awesome. Just a, a ton of fun. I'm, and I'm forgetting hundreds of names of people that were there. So, uh, And also Daryl Thompson. Getting to hang out with Race's dad that much was awesome. So let's do it again next week. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No, we know I. But, but the, the sometimes, sometimes why? Lahayam. <laughs> Come, they told me. Pa, rum, pum, pum, pum. Zoom, Zoom didn't pick it up. Ah, damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry to those of you watching the video. I've been blowing my nose the whole time. All right. See you next week. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.